Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning. This is Homer Central today. Got the Bengalis gear on. Oh, yeah. Not ripping anybody. You look sharp. Fired up. Looking good, Tom. Thank you. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman with a cast of thousands. Casey, Trace, nice to see you back. We, uh, we almost sent out a police report last Friday. <laughs> It's been a while, Tom. A lot we t- of things going on in life, Tom. We kind of forgot that his phone was out of commission. So yeah. when I was trying to find out where he was, he couldn't respond. Do you have like one of those things? What's my wife have on my kid's phone where she can tell where they are? I thought he was going to say, a location? burner phone? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was coming right out of Tom's mouth, right on the top of the show. Do you have a burner phone? No, I do not. No, no. Well, we're just glad you're okay. Yeah, Welcome gonna, back, gentlemen. I'm great. Elliot, Reed, how about like Tom? Morning, Tom. I mean, everyone's. Well, I mean, nobody today. turns it on more than you do. It's starting to get tired. Oh, no. man, I mean, you know, I gave you credit a couple weeks ago about always coming in, upbeat, good mood. Yeah, ready to roll. Right. And Elliot, what have we seen most of the time until that proverbial red light goes on? It's, it's you know, he's down in the dumps. He's yep. sitting over there, not doing anything. Yep. And he comes on and he, and he flips that switch. Yep. Flips the switch and he's happy go lucky, Mr. Troll, clown boy. And that's what, that's what we get here. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Here, I'll be a little more upset. Be a little more upset, Tom. Okay. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10, hey. 12. Hey. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports if you'd rather <laughs> join us in podcast form. By all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Are we uh, back on Twitter again today, Mr. McAllister? Yes. Yes. We are on, we are on Twitter Right Thousands from the start. of people. Right, right from the start. Millions. Millions of people. It's amazing, the growth of this show. Hey, look. I mean, look, everybody's talking about it, right? And, and, and we should be. How good were the Bengals yesterday? I mean, seriously now. That looked like the best team in the National Football League yesterday. It might only be one day, but they were unbelievable. The offense came into the game ranked dead last in the NFL. They score touchdowns each of their first two drives. They end up with 31 in the game, could have easily scored 41 were it not for Casey's guy Irv Smith fumbling in a missed field goal. <laughs> but I digress. My guy. Joe Burrow clearly 100% healthy for the first time all year long. I mean, he's scrambling, he's running for first downs, he's Fired up out there on the field. At one point, he hits on 19 straight pass attempts. That's a personal best for him. The offensive line, for the first time all year, was given the green light to go hit somebody in the run game. And Mixon half the time looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Chase was rolling. T. Higgins made an appearance. Even the rookie Yoshiba scored a touchdown for the second straight week. The defense... Yeah, they gave up some yards, but look, the 49ers got some good players. But when it mattered most, they come up with a pick. All my guys, the linebackers, Pratt, Wilson, all my guys. They come up with picks along with Hilton. Three picks in the game hold the 49ers to just 17 points. So all in all, it's three straight wins. They're above 500 for the first time all year long. And do you think Paycor will be rocking this Sunday night? When the Buffalo Bills come to town. 
That is 8P at Paycor. Anybody in this room going to that game? Um, we'll be down there in we'll some capacity. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be working the Betfred tent, so we'll be down at the stadium. I don't know if we'll get into the stadium. Well, you guys are all highfalutin. You were sitting in the skybox the last time. Yeah, yeah, we got to get on top of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good the Seahawks, Tom. This There's is a little different. Well, let's get on them right now and just be like, hey, save those tickets. Yeah. Put, 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 the, put those to the side. You guys brought them good luck. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You guys good went there ball. and they we won. won them that game. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, former NFL coach was with the Bengals for many, many years, Kyle Kasky. He has his own show here on Chatterbox Sports. He'll be joining us in about 30 minutes to talk everything about the Bengals and what he saw. Elsewhere in the AFC North, Baltimore just continues to win. Beating Arizona 31-24 to to improve to 6-2 and on the year. Seattle travels to Baltimore next weekend. Speaking of Seattle, Cleveland lost to them on the road yesterday. 38 seconds left. Leave it to a Buckeye. Geno Smith finds Jackson Smith in Jigba. That's right. 38 seconds left in the game for a touchdown. Sounds like an elite quarterback. They're in first place in that division now. They are. They are. Geno. Geno Smith is my guy. Geno. The question for Cleveland continues to be, is Deshaun Watson ever going to play again? Back up P.J. Walker, lost for the first time starting in his place. The Brownies host Arizona Sunday. And here are the standings in the AFC North. See the number two team there, the men of aluminum? Their defense is lights out. There's no debate about that whatsoever. But on offense, my Lord, is it brutal. Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky, doesn't matter who they put in there. It's a miracle that team's four and three. They lose yesterday to Jacksonville 20 to 10. So Steelers 4-3 will play Thursday night at home against Tennessee. Now, how about the Titans? A lot of people in the studio used to beat up Will Levis, the former Kentucky star quarterback. I won't name names. Remember we last saw him? He was sitting around waiting and waiting and waiting to get selected in this year's draft. Well, he finally makes his debut yesterday, and wow. Four touchdown passes. In a 28-23 win over Atlanta. Now, the Falcons, right? Mm-hmm. They sat down Des Ritter. He got sacked five times. And he got hurt. Concussion. Concussion. So, Taylor Heineke took over for him. That's right. Boomer Esiason was saying on the pregame before the game ever started that, Tyner, that, 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 that Taylor Heineke should, be starting, Heineke should be starting ahead of Ritter. Boomer. What happened in Denver? The Broncos beat the Chiefs. Are you kidding? Russell Wilson throws three touchdown passes while the Broncos defense, yes, that same defense, that as I recall allowed 70 in a game this year to Miami. They completely shut down Mahomes and Kelsey. Mahomes throws two picks. He sacked three times. No Taylor Swift around, so Kelsey, the invisible man. KC now 6-2 and on the year. Those numbers are pretty amazing. It is. It's a wild stat. I mean, he's averaging, what, like 40-something yards per game when she's not there. He's up over a hundo when she is there. He knows what he's doing, Tom. Well, obviously he doesn't know because she's not at every game. <laughs> you think she's he picks busy? and chooses. He, he lets her know when to come and when not to come. It's like the smart, the smart guy. He's like, well, let's, let's break her in when we're playing against the yeah. – who, who's her first game against? 
The Bears? The Bears, that's right. That's how you break in a new yeah. You don't think that Ben... Uh, You're like, let's bring in the Bears Warren, such a trip? <clears throat> I don't know. He must have seen something in Denver. They, there must be the altitude. The altitude's a problem for Taylor. That's right. You know that's what it actually was? Course. It's because Mahomes had flu. Brittany Mahomes lives with, her, right. yeah. with him. They're just making and sure they didn't spread it. You know... Yeah, they didn't want to spread it. Travis, Travis Kelsey's a guy that does not like spreading viruses, Tom. That's right. That's true. That is true. That's well, there's right. no doubt about that. What did Rogers nickname him? Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer. That's right. Mr. I even saw where uh, Rapino's now in a spot. Oh. And there's some musician that's in a spot. That was yesterday. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. Yeah. What about Minnesota, Tom? Well, just when you thought things were going good. And look, the Vikings were starting to look like a real team. They beat the 49ers. They route Green Bay yesterday. But they could be. And the key is could be without Kirk Cousins for the remainder of this season after he suffers an Achilles tendon injury yesterday in the win. And look, fellas, is it really even debatable who the best player right now is in the league? I mean, come on. Jalen Hurts is the man. Jalen Hurts is the man. That was a wild game in D.C. yesterday. He leads the defending NFC champs 21 fourth quarter points. 38-31 over the Commanders, the Redskins, whatever they are. Hurts throws for four touchdowns without a turnover. Look pretty good. That guy's a stud. He might be the MVP. He's not the best player in the league, though, Tom. Well, MVP. I'm calling the MVP the best player in the league. All right. Okay. On to college football. And what, what is the deal at UC? I mean, they actually showed up for the first half against a rock-solid Oklahoma State team. Make no mistake, they're good. It was a three-point game at halftime. And then what happened? The Bearcats were outscored 35-6 to in the second half. They allow over 600 yards of offense in the game. Keep that rolling there, big fella. 45 to 13 is the route. There are two running backs who look great in the first half. Couldn't play in the second half. They bench their quarterback after a 6 for 16 performance. It was UC's sixth consecutive loss. It's longest since 1998 under Rick Mentor when they started the season 0-9. It was their most lopsided loss since a 42-zip drubbing against Ohio State in 2019. Next week, the Bearcats return home. 3.30 kick against UCF. I would suggest you just come to the bash and then get the hell out and figure out at Wales. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. I mean, come down there, make that your pregame, getting ready for LSU Alabama. Yeah, the real games. Right? Yeah, and we'll, and we'll put that one on the big screen. So we'll, we'll stop showing the UC games, and we'll put on the real football games, and we'll get on with our day because I can't, I can't watch them anymore, Tom. I, tried, I was at a Halloween party on Saturday night, and it was the most disgusting, foul thing I've ever seen. We were, I, I, now, responsibly, I, I placed a large wager on Oklahoma State. I want to make that very clear. So, of course, I was kind of rooting for Oklahoma State to just destroy them, and they did. 
But there was a point in the first half where, like, okay, yeah. you see score like a 90, 80-yard touchdown or whatever that was, 65-yard touchdown. I'm like, okay, they're going to fight today. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna shock the world. Nope, Satterfeld got the boys. He laid them out to die. Our, our, our kicker, I won't mention him because they're just kids, Tom. I, I'm not going to make fun of kickers. It was about a 22-yarder. Yeah, that's right. That's about right. a 22-yarder, drilled the upright, uh, shankopotamus. So it, it, it's a disaster. Shout out Satterfield. I, I, I had a tweet after the pit game, Tom. I said this team was better than I thought, and they're going to make some noise. They made a lot of noise. It's a fart sound. <laughs> that's what they are. Just one big fart sound. Satterfeld's a bad coach. The team's a disaster. Other than that, the season's great. To be fair to Satterfield, though, he is coaching two teams. That's right, and that's right. what we he, don't forget. He's got too much on his plate. And, and his, other, his other team had a massive win against Duke. Correct. So that's the thing he's you got to remember about Sat. It's his roster over there at Louisville. Guys, come on. you got to cut the guy some stuff. We are. We're I saying, am. Oh, that's what I we're mean, doing. We're saying he's working on. two it's jobs. It's not even his team. It's his <laughs> the Louisville team is. I mean, the Louisville no, is his team. He's still I mean, coaching down there. This is, this is Fickle's team that he's coaching, but he's coaching his team at Louisville. Right. So that's what you got to remember with all this. But yeah, UC looks great. A lot of hope for the future. I tell you, the one team, if you watched them, and I did, because I had ruining interest in the game, and I got to give it up 1,000% to the Miami Redhawks. Oh, yeah. They ended that six-game winning streak last week against Toledo, Darn a game man. which ended in losing their star quarterback for the rest of the season. What do the Redhawks do? No big deal. They go to Athens, Ohio, home of the defending East champion Bobcats, tied for first in the MAC East. And I mean, they kicked the snot out of the Bobcats. Damn right. OU started a, the lead nine to nothing in the game. And after that, Hammer City, 30 to 16, the final. Red Hawks now seven and two on the year. Give it up to my man, Chuck Martin. I, Tom Brick Street was popping on Saturday. Everyone, oh, everyone was watching Nobody that game. Nobody even knew they played. Everyone was watching that game very intently. I know that Miami, they, they were dancing in the streets after the game. They knew that <laughs> they, they might won. have been dancing in the streets over some band that was playing at the uh, Brick or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, um, Brick Street. They, they are dancing in the streets because they knew they won the Red Brick rivalry, the most prestigious rivalry in college athletics. That so. it might be. They're good. Now, look, if Miami, which is officially now it probably the third best team in the state because they did lose to yeah. Toledo, but they're better know you. So that debate's over now, right? There's no debate who the number one team in the state, right? You see? The you Mighty see. Buckeyes. Star running back Travion Henderson returns for the first time in a month, 162 yards and a touchdown. Ohio State beats Wisconsin 24-10. First game where their quarterback did not play well, Kyle McCord. He turned it over three times. He threw an interception for the first time since the season opener. So at least he hadn't been turning the ball over as he's growing into that role. The Buckeyes stay unbeaten and will go to Rutgers. Greg Schiano and Rutgers Saturday. And, and Trace knew this, but for the rest of us, we probably should apologize to Georgia. Are we finally finished ever questioning the two-time defending champs? There have been times this year they're breaking in a new quarterback, too. Then they lose their best player. Their last game, tight end Brock Bowers. He's out for the year. And with all of that, the dogs bury once again a fraudulent Casey McAllister Florida Gators team. <laughs> They've been fraudulent since Urban left. It was the world's largest cocktail party, 43-20 to 20 is the final. We mentioned this Saturday in the SEC a monster matchup. The fighting Brian Kellys starting to get it going. 
go to Tuscaloosa to take on once-beaten Alabama. Can Jacob get us tickets for that game? I don't think so. I don't think he has that much weight. Is that, is that, is that in – you said it was in Tuscaloosa? I thought yep. it was. It's in Alabama. Well, then I, I don't know, Jacob. I think Jacob has a little more pull than we think he does. We might have to work I a mean, camera, but yeah. Yeah, we have to <laughs> we figure out a job. Right. I'll do it. I mean, that's a big-time game now, the fight in Brian Kelly's. Here they come. We'll see if he can stay for the end of that game before he takes another job. <laughs> <laughs> you just never let it go. <laughs> I mean, you got to let it go. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. He, he hurt my feelings. And when somebody hurts your feelings, you hold a grudge over them forever. The guy went to Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's a stepping stone program. That is true. That's what everyone says. Okay. Biggest upset of the weekend, clearly. Six-ranked Oklahoma falling at Kansas. Boy, that, that coach at Kansas, the job that guy's done, and they were telling the story during the broadcast, they offered like 15 people that job nobody wanted. They had won more than three games in 12 years. And now they compete against everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a shocker maybe to some. They beat Oklahoma, but not a total shocker. 38-33, the final. First loss of the year for OU, or the other OU. It's not even the real OU. It's the University of Oklahoma, and they go by OU. Go mm. figure that. What's the real one, Oregon? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> the World Series resumes tonight in the Arizona desert. The Batland D-backs and the Rangers, even at one game apiece, that pitching performance by Merrill Kelly on Saturday night was unreal. Seven innings, not a walk, not a run, just shutting that stuff down. That guy was in four years in Korea, whatever it was. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's been incredible. So now tonight you got Max Scherzer starting for Texas. He'll be opposed by Louisville native. And Bellerman star. He's been a postseason star this year. Right. Brandon fought. Your guy. That's right. You bad-mouthed him. You bad-mouthed Brandon fought like nobody's business. And all this guy does since the playoffs started is shut her down. Tom, how, how can you not bad-mouth the guy? Because he was, he was Luke Weaver in the regular season. Oh, he was terrible. He had a near six ERA. And then all of a sudden, the, the bright lights turn on. And the dude's the greatest pitcher we've ever seen. Where's that video? <laughs> no more video. No Where more hot tub video? video. No more <laughs> hot tub video. No. Pull that video up. Here. <laughs> no, you, no, Casey, means... come on, just for old time's sake, pull that up. I, okay, I don't even know how you're going to find it. I don't even know how you're going to oh, find it. Oh, come on. I'm sure it's buried in here. Somewhere. I didn't delete the tweet. I, re I removed it from my pin, though. He's not finding that. I buried it, Tom. Okay. Along with the red season. All right. So that's an 8 o'clock uh, on Fox tonight. And then last but not least, we'll yeah. get it straight from the horse's mouth since he was there. Oh, yeah. Round one of the NL MLS playoffs last night. And, and you know what? Again, you got to give it up where it's due. Casey, you were in attendance with your bride last night. Am I right or wrong? I was. Or did you dump yep. here and go with a buddy? Nope. I was there with my wife okay. and her family. That mm -hmm. crowd at least on the social media post, was beyond belief, right? Yes. It was phenomenal. I mean, electric. Just the entire time, electric. There was no, no stopping. It was all or nothing, all game long from the crowd. And they showed out for their team. They cheering loud. FC got it done. I'm going to talk about them more here soon when we get to our What Did I Miss segment, but... 
Tom, that was a great game. Would you say you're a bigger FC fan or a Bengals fan? Just because the way that you were describing that yeah. makes it seem like you were an F- just a giant FC fan. Oh, man. You know, uh, it's mm. a tough one, Reed. That, that the neck and neck, I would mm. give the slight edge probably to the Bengals. Okay. That, that, that atmosphere at Paycor is unbelievable every game, but that's the same people, right? The same people that go watch – the Bengals games are also watching FC Cincinnati play. Yeah. So, that is what everyone says. I mean, that's that's, that's, exactly that's pretty much crowd. what everyone says. So. It's the same crowd. Yeah, same crowd. So, of course, it's electric. Fair. I mean, and uh, they played like the number one seed, correct? That they did. Now, Dominated. why did I see in the chat somebody said they need to play better to win the next game? Well, what does that mean? They won three to nothing in soccer. That's like winning by 40. They They were not good enough offensively, even though they scored the three goals, just – the opportunities were not. What are we doing? Just, what just, are we doing? Just listen. Just listen. Try they to break they down. had. It's a Sorry. Serious show. Come on. If Sorry. if you What's if you take away. Here? Hang on a second. I want to hear what Casey has to say. What is the issue here? <laughs> Elliot's laughing at at. Um, well, he Casey. said they weren't good enough offensively. The average goal scored in right. soccer is like one. one. You're right. They, so they scored, scored three. three. I agree. Guys, let's give Casey. Let's they, give Casey. They, break it they, down. All, all around, they didn't play great. Right. They. Wait a they, minute. Wait, they, they shut them out. They didn't allow a goal. Just let me finish what I'm trying right, to say. Okay, just enough. let me try. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If you're looking, if you're just looking at the pure stats, they have less shots on goal, <laughs> less attempts. They're they're letting the New York Red Bulls get way more way more opportunities to score. Luckily, we have one of the best goalkeepers in all MLS. Luckily, we have one of the best mid- midfielders in all soccer at the current moment with Acosta, who just happened to be there at the right moment to kick a ball where the goalie was just, I don't know where he was. He, he was out in La La Land, mm-hmm. kicks it over top of him. And I'll get into that later. This but is preposterous. They have to play better. If, if the Red Bulls were able to capitalize on their opportunities, it would have been a really bad game for FC. We'll just put it like that. If they just managed Well, if, to, if some butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a good, jolly good time. If the yeah. Bengals didn't have Joe Burrow, they'd suck. If they didn't have Jamar Chase, they'd suck. If they didn't have Logan Wilson, yeah, they well, wouldn't be good. If they didn't have Jermaine Pratt, they wouldn't be good. But you know what? They do have all those guys. In FC Cincinnati did score three goals. In the Red Bulls, which is what I guess their name is now that I just figured that out five minutes ago, they didn't score any goals. So you know what I say to all these people saying they should have blah, blah, blah. Who gives a damn? You won three to nothing. You go into the next game. I know you're not saying that. You're just trying to defend some yeah, poor shit yeah. comment in the chat that, that he brought up that was terrible. There is Everett is a hardcore. He's a regular here. He's a hardcore soccer fan. And he was the one who made the point. There are very few people in the chat that, that when they make a comment about soccer, half of them, they're just kidding around. Yeah, but he knows what he's talking about. Three nothing though, Tom. Uh, Listen, I didn't watch it. I wasn't there. This is the only guy in the room that was there, and he has the stats and the numbers to back it up. I'm on on your team, team. Casey. I'm on your team too. Casey, would you say FC Cincinnati is the Dumbledore of the MLS? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I sure I sure hope not, because he dies in the end. So that's right, baby. Oh, spoiler. My bad, everyone. Yeah, come on. But... I was going to watch that. Now you ruined it. I was going to watch the HBO. Isn't that on Max? There's supposedly going to be a th- new series? Yeah. Yeah. The franchise ended 10 years ago. Yeah. All right, Tom. Bengals report. All right, fellas. Look, um, it's, 
brought to you by Encore Technology. Please, Casey, you're so good at this. Well, he's, you don't need so, to do the ad read. Unless, I'll, I'll do the ad read later. Okay, yeah. this is the Bengals report brought to you by Encore. I mean, guys, seriously, I mean, we're, we're jacking around a lot, but I mean, I, I'm sitting there. I went over to my dad's house to watch a game, and I mean, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, we've joked around a lot about when you look at teams like the Carolina Panthers, who had never won a game this year until yesterday. You look at the Chicago Bears. You look at some of these teams who have had better offensive numbers this year. The Bengals ranked dead last. Now, we knew that a big part of that was, was Burrow clearly not being at 100%. And maybe because you go through six weeks of not seeing Burrow be Burrow, and the last time you really saw him in the playoffs last year, the, the last really big game he had was the win at Buffalo, right? He was pretty quiet in the game against Kansas City in the championship game. He, he wasn't Burrow. But Kansas City's a good team, Super Bowl champs. That team that took the field yesterday, I said to my dad, you know, they can talk about the Chiefs. They can talk about the Eagles. They can talk about anybody they want to talk about. If that team shows up the rest of this year, nobody is touching the Bengals. Tom, this was this was the game that we had been waiting for all season long. You know, me and Elliot, we, we go back and forth about what it looks like when you win a game. My take is that, you know, you just keep winning games in the NFL. Who, who gives a rat's ass what it looks like? But what we saw last night was maybe the best game of Joe Burrow's career. The stats weren't there. I mean, I know he threw 500 yards against the Ravens a couple years ago, but that the throws he was making were incredible. I mean, 28 for 32, um, it was it was great. And then on top of that, the defense showed out against a really good offense yep. at, at very particular points. That was the most complete game that I've seen the Bengals play this year. Yep. Maybe even over the past two years. The Bills game comes to mind in the postseason last year. But they looked unbeatable for at least one game in San Francisco yesterday. That's what we've been waiting to see from this Bengals team. That's why they were preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's the team that we expected to see. It was dominant right from the start. It was evident that the Bengals showed up. The pl Casey was talking about it before the show. The fact that they were able to, or not even able, the fact that they were committed to running plays under center. Yep. That was it, big. It, it, it was massive. The, the team was there. The defense stepped up. Now, I will say the defense did. It looked like, like there were times when they just got slashed. It was the when, when the 49ers scored their 17th uh, point, so that, that whole drive there, they just got eviscerated. But when you hold them to 17 points, you can't say they didn't, they didn't play good. So they, they forced turnovers on Brock Purdy. I don't think Brock Purdy is a great quarterback, but he's certainly serviceable, and he, and, he, and, he, and he got shut down. So Bengals are all the way back. The offense is all the way back. And outside of one player – I would say the offense looks like they did for the past two seasons where they can get to a Super Bowl. There is one thing that people keep talking about, and it's like the Bengals are committed to the run. I don't necessarily think that they committed to the run yesterday more than they had in, in weeks past. I know that's a big thing that we've been talking about as fans and talking about this team is this offense won't blossom until they commit to the run. And I don't, I don't think they necessarily committed to it, but just the fact that they were under center gave different looks for the, for the defense is why the run started to blossom. We saw some big gains from Joe Mixon. You said he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. The holes were open. That's because we were given a different look, a look that the NFL had not seen this year, and that's the Bengals under center. Yeah, I mean, you you guys said it eloquently. They just looked different. I mean, I said it in a tweet. 
it was like they had their whole entire half of their playbook locked up because Bro could not go under center. Yeah. Now it's open. And now we get to see how it looks when they're balanced. I would say they played a pretty balanced game yesterday. They were 32 attempts thrown, and they ran the ball 27 times. Six yeah. of those times were Joe Burrow. But that's also another point that we got to make. When it wasn't open, when they had all the guys covered downfield, Joe Burrow ran the ball, and he ran it very effectively. Very effectively. I think that was a huge difference in, in just the play of the Bengals recently was Joe couldn't run past five, ten yards without getting touched. Now he's able to outrun guys. He's fully healthy, and he needs to learn to slide sometimes. Golly. My God, he was making me scared. <laughs> but, yeah, this is what the Bengals looked like last year, but maybe even better, in my opinion. What they about, might be even better. Well, speaking to Joe Burrow running the ball, what about the QB draw? They, 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 they right. They, they had ran. the confidence to call that third and long, and we're gonna we're gonna let Joe Burrow run the confidence to make that call. And listen, if, if he gets hit for two yards, we are sitting here going, "What the heck is Zach Taylor doing? What the heck was that play call?" But it worked. Yep. And that's it, they just got confidence in everything they're doing right now. Trace, I I would I think it's. I mean, sometimes, like, uh, I, I think you try to make things more complicated than they need to be in life. And the fact of the matter is, is if Joe Burrow is healthy, then the Bengals are just a different team. If Joe Burrow is the guy that, that, that was the calf injury the first few weeks, then they're, they're not very good. And this league is very simple. If you have a great quarterback, an elite-level quarterback, then you have a chance to win every game you play, and the Bengals certainly sh showed that. I would say, from now on, we need to talk about Joe Burrow having mobility with the same importance that we talk about Lamar Jackson in this league. Like, I, I genuinely think it's the same. It's not the same type of player, but without uh, his legs, Joe Burrow genuinely is nowhere near the same quarterback, and yep. yesterday was the proving point. Yep. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And I tell you one thing right now, and I'm sure you guys saw the same thing. You love football. You follow it. Whatever they're paying Orlando Brown is not enough. Wasn't enough. When you have an absolute stud at left tackle who is going up a total stud, right? Every snap of the ball in Bosa. Bosa had 18 and a half sacks last year. He has more quarterback pressures than he had last year. He's just a half step late getting there this year. Been a little bit nicked up, but he's having a great year. Romo talked about it yesterday. Bosa's having a great year. And there were only a couple of times in the game when he even got remotely close to Burrow. Orlando Brown is a freaking stud. Yeah. A stud. I mean, he, he is quite literally the difference, in my opinion, just from what we've seen in the run game, last, just this last game. I know there was a lot of talk about it being under center, the different looks, but a lot of those holes that were opened up were because of Orlando Brown Jr., just mm -hmm. being able to maul guys. And the fact that, the point that you made, he was able to protect Joe Burrow's blind side for most of the game. Now, he, he wasn't clean. Well, there wasn't a clean sheet, but no one's going to be clean against that guy. And it was a half sack, right. I believe. So the play was already going to be blown up. So point is, yeah, that was a great signing by the Bengals. Man. Great signing. If we can get that sort of protection for the rest of the season against top-level right. edge rushers – something that we've never had before, we're going to be unstoppable. Here's, here's the thing about that, the, the whole offensive line roster construction is the Bengals to me, and, and maybe I'm reading too far into this, see, you know, punt it on trying to draft 
those guys, right? I mean, they missed on Jonah Williams, and I know they spent a second-round pick on, on Jackson Carmen, but they realized, listen, we're going to put a lot of money. Instead of our draft picks, we're going to put a lot of money into this offensive line. And yep. for the most part, it has worked out. I mean, we saw it right before our eyes yesterday, and still we see cracks here and there. We're like, man, is this offensive line ever going to get figured out? But it it shined yesterday, and I know that when you, when you get a good and elite quarterback like Joe Burrow, he can make a lot of people seem like geniuses. Um, it makes it makes winning games in the NFL a lot easier. But I just want to give you know kudos to the the Duke Tobin and the franchise at the way that they've gone about building this roster. It's a very evident scheme what they're trying to do: draft on defense, sign guys on offense, and sign them long term. And to this point, it showed very well last night. You know, the other guy, and, and again, uh, look, uh, I, I've beat the guy down. We've all beat him down. Uh, but we've always given him credit for ultimately doing the right thing. He's a team guy all the way is Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, people who really are in the know with his stuff, he played very well yesterday. Yeah. Really, really well. They all played well. The whole offense played well. Your guy, even Irv Smith, even showed up yesterday. Now, he had the fumble. I felt too. Was there a part of you, Casey, that had a little bit of sympathy for the guy? I mean, seriously. Come on. I mean, it was very unfortunate that he fumbled there. I will admit that. But, I mean, I think that just goes to show you that we we need something a a little more there. Why would you have sympathy for him? Just because. I mean, the guy's been getting his teeth teeth kicked in around here, all you guys, every day. He's getting his teeth kicked in by the fan base. He had a couple drops early, um, and he's been hurt. And I had said Friday, don't throw the the, the towel in on this guy yet. Let's just wait because he was so good in training camp when he was healthy. What and about- he showed up, and you waited, and you showed up, and in, in the red zone, he fumbles the ball. So what do we do? I, I mean, I, he's a millionaire, and he and he's dropping passes left and right. So no, I I, I have no sympathy for Irv Smith. I wish him well on his way. Uh, he will not be on this team. If the Bengals were to make a postseason run, I guarantee you, he will not be on oh, that he'll roster. Be on, he'll he'll be on this roster. No, and, I don't. That, I don't think so. It, it is it is so evident that they wanted to get the tight end. Yep. A part of the game. Him yesterday. involved directly. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. just the fact that that's a classic play. I always make fun of fans about when a play doesn't work. What's this play call when it does work? Oh, we're a bunch of geniuses and stuff like that. That is a golden example of being on the one yard line and running a tight end screen to the guy that's caught like eight passes all season long. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if it works, you're like, hey, that, that, that play was great. That being said, it, we talked about a few things. We said the Bengals have to go under center. We said that they got to get more production out of the tight end, and that was a conscious effort of the Bengals yesterday. Let's get Herb Smith the ball a little more. I mean, he had four four catches, that being the um, one of them, but they also had their biggest gain of the season from a tight end, and that's an 11-yard catch from Herb Smith. That's how bad it's been. Yep. But they're trying to get him more involved. They're trying to get these tight ends more involved, and, and that's – that's going to show its hand here soon. All right. We said uh, Kyle Kasky was going to uh, be joining us here today, and we certainly are appreciative of his time. For those of you, uh, Kyle does a regular show here on Chatterbox, get into a lot of film work uh, and breaking down some of the plays. 18 years as a coach in the NFL and major college football, 11 of those years with the Bengals, uh, five seasons as a running backs coach, offensive coordinator, now down in Louisiana, Denham High. How the boys do? How the troops do over the weekend, Kyle? 
Uh, we took we took another we took another L, but we're uh, I mean we, we gave up 38 points on defense, so we were we're struggling there. Uh, but we got one more game left. We're gonna come out. We got the we got a rival that's down the street about uh, five miles, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring every trick we got in the book this week. And uh, boy, see what we can do. Let it fly. Um, yep. Kyle, were you you know? I, I was just blown away how different the Bengals look yesterday. Were you? Oh, no. yeah. And I think, too, it goes back to what I heard you guys talk about, uh, making concerted efforts on under center, making concerted efforts. I know the tight end, I, I get it. Man. I mean, there there really isn't a true uh, playmaker tight end on the team right now. So they're, they're, they were trying to get him involved because they got to do that because if – if you want people to start taking coverages away from your other players, you got to be able to get those guys involved. And, um, you know, but getting under center, if, if you watch what it does, I mean, it holds the linebackers just enough in those play actions that it's it so it, he's able to throw those balls right over their heads or into some voids where maybe they're still running back to go uh, cover. Because uh, San Francisco did the same thing to the Bengals defense where uh, there was some some under center runs where or under center play actions that looked just like their runs. And, the Bengals linebackers weren't able to get back in, in time and they were hitting it right over the top and they didn't do it as, um, you know, many times or as explosive that as the Bengals were doing it. But getting under center and being able to do that, it, it opens up a whole, new, a whole new world and it allows your guy, it allows Joe Mixon to get going downhill a little quicker and a little bit more uh, momentum going with them. Uh, it, it really does create more of a, of a, I mean, it's as crazy as I mean, just obvious, but it's downhill. It's it's getting going forward before you're in the gun and having to slide over, get the ball, then get started again. By the time you got the ball, you're already going. All right, let, let me ask you something here because a lot of people are talking about it here in town, as you're well aware. We'll get to some of the plays that you had picked out that Casey has ready to go here in a second about some of the things you saw yesterday. But you've been in the Bengals locker room. You've been in NFL locker rooms. You saw what you saw yesterday. Now, whether they will or they won't, we'll find out in the next 24 to 48 hours. But based on what you just said, would you consider trading for an upgraded tight end right now if you're the Bengals? I, I would consider doing it, me personally. I, I, the Bengals, I'm not sure because the thing is, the thing about what they do is when when you talk about trading away either a player or draft picks, um, that's not what they've been known to do. Now, I will give them credit, though, since, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, Duke Tobin's had a little bit more of a hand in things. I know the, uh, Katie and Troy have kind of taken over a lot, but with uh, Mr. Brown in there, with Mike Brown in there, uh, he, he values those draft picks. And for him to say, we're going to go, and trade for somebody just to borrow them or uh, have them on the team for a little while and, and get rid of somebody that might be on the team for five, six years. That's the way he looks at it. But yes, I, I think they need to go do that. I think they need to go right now and fly. And, and again, are you, are you going to trade for a tight end that's just great? No, but you might trade for a tight end that has a different skill set. And I think that's the biggest thing is finding a skill set that matches what they're trying to do and that would be, you know, kind of what the C.J. Uzoma, kind of, you know, Hunter Hurst, those kind of guys that could go out and make a play in the pass game. Right now, they don't really have that guy. And I think the skill set's more of what they're looking for. Okay. All right, let's dive into a couple of plays. Casey, you got something ready. Do we know what's coming here first? Does, does Kyle know what's coming here first? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. All right, Kyle, take it from here. All right. So uh, <laughs> there was a few things that happened yesterday that um, – 
uh, when you talk about the the mobility factors of uh, of really what's going on with uh, uh, Burrow. But when you look at what he's able to do, when you go to the the first play here, this is Boyd. So you see Boyd motion across. You know it's you know it's it's man coverage. But I want you to watch Burrow just sitting in the pocket, again having that that patience on 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 that play. And again, this is what uh, people call a quick seam. Uh, what he's doing is motion across. He can either break their. You'll see these guys run across the field here in a second. They're bringing these guys across the field to open up an area for Tyler Boyd to be able to run behind it what he ran he, he had man coverage and he ran around it but the fact that joe burrow sat in the pocket the way he did here uh, i think you know four or five games ago four or five weeks ago you wouldn't have seen this this would have been you know him kind of you know flustered back there and not being able to drop that that ball in there um, and if you go to the to the next play uh, the next play is, I think everybody's seen this play already. This, this is one of the craziest uh, scrambles I've seen in a while. But yep. he's sacked. I mean, bottom line, he is 100% sacked. I think this is more of a, of, a, of a shot at the San Francisco defense of not being able to get him down right here. Because if you go to the, watch, the, watch the end zone of this, it, it's kind of it's nuts from the end zone because uh, the, the camera guys and, and you know Travis Brammer and those guys do a great job. And, but if you watch what what they're doing here, he'll, they'll zoom in like the play's over because they always kind of zoom in when the play's over. Like they're going to zoom in down here on on Burrow, thinking he's he's sacked right there. He's sacked right there. They're zooming in, thinking it's over. And I mean, that's un, that's pretty unbelievable that he was able to do that. And then the fact that he found Higgins there, yeah. Because um, really, it, the 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 problem with uh, I thought the biggest issue going in this game was that that right there was being able to hold up against uh, San Francisco's front line and. I thought they did a pretty good job. One sack was actually on a uh, – Burrow was trying to throw a stutter go, and uh, it, it got covered. They actually covered it well, so that's one of the one of the uh, sacks he had. But other than that, I thought they held up pretty well in protection. And then uh, this this last play here, again, is just uh, – it's, it's, it's why you go under center. And you see the, the ghost motion is what that's kind of called, that orbit motion of, of Chase where he – he orbits around here, but if you watch from under center, this is a bend back play. He's actually he, he. If you watch the way they're blocking it, they're blocking it for him to go back there. They're not blocking this to go straight forward. But if you're in the gun, you're never going to get that angle of being able to go downhill and then roll it back the way he's rolling it back. And that's an that's an extra element of what they can do. And that's a Frank Pollock staple right there. By the way, I, I worked with I was I coached with Frank in 2018 there with the Bengals and uh, before we were let go with Marvin and. One of the things Frank is is has big in his system is those bend backs, but again, you it's it's hard to show up when you're running it out of the gun all the time. I just I, you know that whole offensive line and, and Kyle, we talked about this with you two weeks ago is is letting those guys and you know you coached it. I mean, it's letting those guys actually go hit somebody. You know, we had Anthony Munoz on last week uh, and asked his uh, you know sort of state of the union, if you will, on the line, and he talked about even when. Uh, they were pass blocking at times when he was there. And they had a great line, great quarterback, great offense, that a lot of times uh, when, when Boomer's under center back in those days, that, that even in pass blocking, they would have the offensive lineman come off the ball and hit somebody mm -hmm. before now they had to sort of retreat to protect. And he said he thought he'd like to yep. see a little bit more in that. Did you see some of that in Sunday's game, yesterday's game? Yes, there actually was more of it. Uh, so in my show a couple of weeks ago, one of the issues they had 
uh, was they were running what I call a trap pass where they're actually faking like they're they're running a run, they're double teaming and pulling one one of the guards and then the back the back kind of fakes in there and it looks like they're running some form of a trap. And from the gun, they were getting no pull from anybody. I'm talking about the defense just kind of looked at it and was like, all right, cool. And then but yesterday when they were running that, it it kind of it pulled everybody up in there and the and and the line was able to come off the ball, like you're saying, that guard could pull and hit the guy. It wasn't just, you know, it was just setting and letting them rush on you. And one of the things, uh, you know, when you got a guy like Bosa out there and it, it, you just can't, you can't just sit there and just set on him all day and, 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 and assume you're going to beat him. You got to do things like that. And uh, one of the other things that they did that was, I thought was a really, really good job was they were, and not only chipping with the backs, they chipped with Jamar Chase. One of, one of Jamar Chase's uh, red zone receptions on a third down he actually chipped the end before he left out. So they were finding ways that, like you said, like go hit people and and not just sit there and just, you know, just sit and let them rush on you. I got a question for you. And I was thinking about you yesterday while I'm sitting there watching. And we see this sometimes in the NFL. Uh, say Micah Parsons comes to mind, right? Where, they, they, you know, mm-hmm. Dallas will move him all over the place along that defensive front. I preface all of this because when we had Willie Anderson on the show a few months ago, he talked about what a big adjustment it was going to be for Jonah Williams moving from left tackle to right tackle, that it was a much bigger adjustment than most people think it is. If I, it, it, does, does that hold true for a defensive lineman? I was stunned that they lined up Bosa the entire game against Orlando Brown, and they never move him. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think there is something to that. There are some defensive linemen that are only on one side. Now, I think people are trying; they'll they'll put them over there for a play or two to kind of screw up the the tendencies. But some guys are just they rush a certain way. Now, did they think that they could beat him, beat Orlando Brown with him all day? Maybe they did, but it may be one of those guys where he needs to be on his right, you know, on on the offense's left. He needs mm-hmm. to be on the right side of his D line to be able to, to rush the way he wants to rush. And there are some guys like that. And uh, believe it or not, it's probably more than you think, but they, you try to train them as if to be able to move around because you don't want to, you don't want to always say this guy is going to be right here because then you can start setting protections to him. That was one of the biggest things with like a JJ Watt, JJ Watt would be everywhere. He, I mean, literally he would be like Micah Parsons is everywhere. Uh, Miles Garrett is everywhere. And you can't ever really just say we're going to set our protections to him because, I mean, he might be on the, he might be a defensive end. The next play he might be the head up nose on the center. So you just never know. But I think that was probably either a game plan thing or maybe he is just. I'd have to go back and watch. I, I haven't looked at it that that closely, but maybe he is always over there. Well, I made the comment before you came on, and you know you forgot more about it than I'll ever know. But uh, whatever they're paying Orlando Brown after yesterday, it's not enough. I mean, <laughs> that guy was on his game fellas anything for coach Kasky no, I think, uh, he illustrated the points that we were just talking about before he came on about all the things that the Bengals did you know going under center you know trying some different play calls so no I, I, I got nothing for coach Kasky zebra no sir listen I I, I, I love your stuff coach Kasky I actually I will ask one uh, right. what Brad Robbins how did Brad Robbins look yesterday <laughs> You know, the guy didn't use him that much. So, I mean, I thought he was that, great. And, I uh, agree. I agree. And, I agree. No, I, I, do have, I, I do have one point. I, I, I cannot let it go without saying this. Go watch the not just the touchdown run by Mixon at the end, but about three plays before it. 
he had the exact same run where he pressed it up in there and bounced around the edge. Yeah. And he ran around Bosa both times on that. And everybody that says he's lost a step, go watch those two plays. And it's going to be part of the show tomorrow night. So if you want to watch it tomorrow night with me, it'll be nine o'clock uh, tomorrow night. But I'm, but Mixon is still that, that no guy. Doubt. Mixon's no doubt. No doubt. But let me ask you this, though, um, kind of following through. He is playing, and you were running backs coach for many, many years. You were here when Mixon came on board with the franchise. Uh, and I'm with you. I thought even this year when he hadn't had great games, he's still got a lot left in the tank. But he's playing more downs than he's ever played before. Is that important to start letting him catch his breath a little more frequently moving forward? I know we're nitpicking here, but, but I mean, the numbers don't lie. He's playing virtually every down. Which I think is what people have been wanting him to do because you say, well, why isn't he a third down? I'll, I'll say, I mean, I think Joe would, Mixon would be the first one to tell you too. He hasn't been the greatest in pass protection, but if you watch him, he's getting better. They're, they're working on that part to keep him out there. But again, you, you, you got to say he's, he's old or 27, somewhere in that range. I think yep. I'm not 100% sure how exactly how old he is, but he's in that range of like, listen, get the most out of your career. I'm talking about him. I'm not even talking about the Bengals. Get the most out of your career now because you can try to extend it, but I mean, you, you might as well go now and, and get as much as you can out of it because, you know, running backs, when they hit about 30, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, the, the graveyard's coming soon for your career. But uh, right now, I think he's like, but he hasn't had so many, he, he doesn't have nearly as much wear on his tires as, as a lot of running backs his age do either. Yep. Uh, Casey, Trace, anything for Coach? No, I mean, you, you hit all the points. Um, you said it eloquently. I'm looking forward to the film session. I love, love working with you and watching it. Yep. I'm a big film guy. Looking forward to it. Chatbox Clicker, Tuesdays at 9. 9 p. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. EST. Eastern, Eastern time, Tom. I don't know if you... Uh, Eastern time. Eastern time. Yeah, because no, he's, down, he's down there in Central time. So it's 9 p. Eastern. He is. He's on, yeah. he's on Central time. We're on Eastern time. I think that's how the, the, uh, that thing works in and the United States. And set your States. clocks this weekend. Is that this weekend? Uh, Kyle, yeah. do you know that? They have a fallback. Oh, that is this weekend? I think you, it you is. The, isn't the, it? That's the yep. cool thing about having having a phone, the smartphone. It changes on its own, and that's luckily, exactly I just right. That's right. My alarm's right. set. That's right. That's exactly right. All right, Coach. We uh, we thank you for your time as always. Great stuff, and we'll look forward to the show tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right, Kyle Kasky, kind enough to join us. Good stuff there. Uh, breaking it all down. Are you editing all that stuff for him, or is he doing that and sending it to you? How's that work, Casey, when you're on at 9 no. o'clock? So, Kasky, he does a lot of work on his show. He's the one that is watching and studying the film, cutting it up, recording it, putting it all together. He even puts a script out for us so then we can follow along pretty easily. He does a lot of work. He, he's great. And he does a lot. He, he does a lot. He's, great show. You can tell he, he's, uh, he's been a head or not ahead, but he's been in the NFL as a coach yeah. because there's obviously attention to detail there that usually is not uh, is not seen in many other definitely environments. Feels, it definitely feels like it's something that a coach would hand you, like this is the schedule for today's session. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Those guys are, I mean, they're so organized. It's amazing. When you, you spend a little bit of time around those, all the NFL team, college team, I mean, it's just, um, and Michigan more so than most. Yeah. It's kind of wild that, that it is that detail-oriented, but then you have a chance to win the Super Bowl at the one-yard line with Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, and you decide to throw the ball. Yep. Oh.
I, I that's like I know that's not a bit. That's just a genuine thing. Like that's just it's wild. And I'm that. sure that Pete Carroll probably wakes up once a month thinking about that call. Although they had another guy that made the call, but the head coach ultimately was responsible for the call. And uh, there, there's a phenomenal. And again, I, I, I'm not getting paid by him. I pay for it myself. But that story on Pete Carroll in the Athletic this weekend. Did you read that story? I dude, say you know he's seventy something years old. He's with it. He's, he's sharp. He's still I mean, it. it's unbelievable. He is just, just keeps going. I mean, look at that dude compared to a lot of other guys that are 15 years younger than him. Yeah, Tom, I think I think Pete Carroll doesn't actually. I know, I know. He's people, in first place right now. I know, I know. People love like when you talk about the best coaches in the NFL. Pete Carroll's normally brought up at some point, but I still think he's underrated because, he, I mean, he had Russell Wilson, but he hadn't had that sustained success where they were constantly getting to the NFC Championship. They had that two-year, three-year run, but Pete Carroll is without a doubt. One of the best coaches in the NFL right now, and one of the best coaches past 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean he's on his game. All right, are we ready? Are we gonna? Are we you gotta, going outside for the weather today? What are we doing today? We are. I am. I will be outside yeah. for the weather. I will be outside. Well, why don't you make your yeah. way out there? Okay, let's I'll get make my way outside. Here, okay. Yeah, and we got a couple super chats to read while he's going out yeah. there. Okay. First one up, sir boy. Sir boy, that's his all. I I don't think he can type anything else. <laughs> <laughs> buy the hop buy the hype tom his keyboard's stuck on that sir boy's my guy drew garrison best nfl team to ever exist many are saying this don't get carried away Drew. i don't know come on and then swaggy play all of three. ohio has beat up the 49ers they better not schedule elder that's a good point that's well, a good we'll point. have to ask uh, elliot about uh, the elder panthers yeah speaking of elliot and how about hamilton high how about oh, that's right, baby. I predicted right here on this show that the big blue are home away from home mm-hmm. and your alma mater, Hamilton Baden, would both roll over the weekend. And what did they do, Reed Mouse? They won. They won our big blue first first playoff win in program history. Alexander Hamilton ought to be proud. That is awesome. 127 years of uh, football. Isn't that amazing? 127 years of football. I don't know if that's something to be proud about or not, but whatever. They K- broke kudos to those kids. Trey, uh, is it what's uh, what's the Verdons? Uh, Trey Verdon. Trey Verdon. Yeah, there's three Verdons that have come through Hamilton High, and they've been the best football players that that school has seen in a very, very long time. I think. Since well, uh, yeah, I, I was well. Uh, I can't think of all the Verdon's names, but nonetheless, that kid was an animal on Gave Friday. So shout out to him. Uh, Malik's, is he still at Iowa State? Maybe. I think so. Um, but anyways, that's I'm really the point. excited for so him. So kudos, I mean, I, I, kudos I, I, to them. 127 years, they did something for the first time amen. ever. That is absolutely freaking awesome. Good for them. I hope they keep on rolling. Who they got next? They Princeton. Got Princeton. Uh, they're undefeated. And they, uh, Princeton beat Hamilton on a last second touchdown. Yep. Wow. That's a big league GMC battle. Yes, it is. All That's right. Uh, Elliot, we are being, I'm being told, uh, is, yeah, okay, he's ready. He says he's ready. Um, so, uh, look, one of the rare days where I actually came driving into Hamilton and the sun wasn't shining. Elliot, can you help us with more details, please? Well, hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the weather. Listen, I'm outside in the middle of a road. We're having fun. I was told it was going to be a freeze warning by other local meteorologists. They were wrong. It's a little chilly out. It's a little chilly. 
but it's nothing I can't, it's nothing I can't fight. Listen, it, there was no freeze warning. It's 44 degrees outside. It's gonna get up to like 60 today. Everybody calm down. There's no, don't get the milk in the eggs. The weather's beautiful. It's a chilly 44. It's spitting a little bit of rain. It might rain a little bit today. Will it rain a lot? Again, that's just up to, that's up to God. If God wants to make it rain, that's his call. I'm just a meteorologist and I'm gonna tell you what I see. I see right now a little bit of rain and it's decently cold. It's not gonna freeze. Nobody's dying out here. You're just gonna have a good old time. There's nobody in Hamilton. I mean, there's just nobody here. I'm in the middle of the road. I'm in the middle of the road. I can do whatever I want. I can do a jig out here. I can do a Serbian jig right in the middle of the street. No business, no, no foul. Look at this guy. This guy's, this guy's pulling up to the stop sign. He's fine. He's, he's, he's obeying the law. He's obeying the law. 44 low, uh, 60 high. Uh, Casey, over to you. I'm actually going to take it because there's two ways to pay the bills around here. Two ways. Casey's going to do the next one, which is uh, our lovely ad reads. But first and foremost, we have a bunch of members, and we can't thank you enough. Uh, Mr. Mo coming in hot. Another month with y'all. Feels like yesterday I was tuning in Chatterbox Reds, Trace and Nick talking about Matt McClain. Matt McClain's a baller, and he spelled Matt McClain's name right, except for the capital L, but we'll get there. Our whole entire city of Cincinnati will eventually know how to spell Matt McClain's name. Uh, but Mr. Mo says, uh, you guys, uh, you guys make all of our days better. Much love to all of you. You guys make our days better. And thank you for supporting our show. Casey company man says, become a member of Nutcutter Nation. The more members we get, the more touchdowns we score. That is a proven point. That seems to be a fact now at this point. Mark Fetters says, who day Joe Burrow is back. Ricky Logan says the Sean has been, has not been the same since he, uh, can't get a massage. That's true. I mean, as much as we want to say it might not be true, that is relatively true. Ricky Logan, he might be onto something. Uh, Andrew Dunn, with the with the with the uh, uh, SpongeBob character there, says Mahomes had the flu. Uh, Nick Wright probably. He, I mean, who knows? Maybe he didn't have the flu. Maybe that was just a, a bit to make it seem like they knew they were going to go into Denver and struggle. I doubt it. Zachary Richardson, welcome to uh, Leader of Men. And I think we had one more, maybe not. But anyway, we got a couple other super chats too. If you we want did get to some those. other super chats, um, Sir Boy, as always, we just got to him saying buy the hype. Evan Mauer. Nope, don't read that one. Evan Mauer. No, don't read it. Evan Mauer paid two dollars to say he trade doesn't get in. it. He loses that two dollars. He does not get that super chat read. Thank you for your donation, Evan. I'm burning that money. Thank you for it. Next uh, super chat. Anyway, he said trade India. Uh, Drew Garrison says, no love for Miamisburg dominating Delaware Hayes for the first D1 playoff win in school history. Hey, Drew, we didn't know that. That Miamisburg right up the road. You know what? Miamisburg and Hamilton have a lot in common. They are a very, very similar community. Baseball, very, very important to those communities. And they both have blue, and they just so happen to never win playoff football games till this year. So Miamisburg, some are saying that's the Hamilton of the North. I don't know. That wasn't me saying it. But that's what some are saying. Swaggy Plague says, Elliot is the hardball of weather. He steals from Roker. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Casey, take it away for the ad reads, my man. Well, we talked a lot of Bengals early on today. And that Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. You can go visit Encore.tech. The path to inv innovation begins here. And I've got this lovely bottle of Pawnee water here, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Lovely. 
Yeah, it's very lovely. Okay. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Across the street. Yep, right across the street. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, also known as the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And for me, I love the pH level of this. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's an eight. Reed, what do you like about this water? I'm about to get sick. Casey, you know what I love about this water. They know what I love. It's the natural limestone filtration. It's not lemon pebbles or whatever artificial processing that other water bottles use. Yeah, lemon pebbles. It is natural limestone. And I got to tell you guys, stuff tastes great. I don't know. Lemon pebbles. (laughs) What about you, Elliot? Uh, for me, it's a smoothness. You know, it goes down it goes down your gullet nice and easy. So, listen, everybody go to the store. Get Pawnee water right now. Pawnee is the greatest water known to man. Please drink it. There it is. There it is. Uh, multiple questions and or suggestions from the chat. And the one that seems to continue to come up regularly, and I got to tell you, I, I found myself thinking about the lawnmower man a lot this weekend. <laughs> um because, As one does. Look, we are getting into a season now, and Reed, you've acknowledged this as being a real thing, yeah. where the weather old man winter is at least knocking on the door. Right. He may not right. be here yet, but but today, tomorrow, highs in the 40s, first time all year, we're kind of, you know it's coming. You even said it today before the show. Yeah. So what, what, ha- what can happen when old man winter starts to rear his ugly head is people can start getting depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. This is a physiological sure, sure. fact, right? Right, and a psychological fact, okay? We have gone a couple of three weeks now since before. Um, Don't laugh. You got it. You got you it. Don't laugh. so close, Tom. You, you got this. You, you got almost this. there. <laughs> damn so it, close. damn it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> since before Operation Pumpkin. That's right. Yeah, where that's right. we have not seen... <laughs> The lawnmower man. Well, I listen. Where is he, Elliot? I think he got lost in a pumpkin and they shipped his ass out. I think that's what happened. They they threw him in a pumpkin and shipped him back out when Pumpkin Town ended. I think that's what happened. Even though grass goes dormant and you can't cut grass in the winter, luckily for lawnmower man, the cement never stops growing. So that's right. He'll he'll have something to cut throughout the winter, throughout the cold months. So. I'm told by, by, by our good friend here, Yash, that I have the complexion of a pumpkin. You're about right. That's about right. Um, okay. Uh, a few things around the NFL to get to. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the Bengals throughout the first hour. Here in the second hour, um, we always like to play on Mondays, what did I miss? Where each of us, mm-hmm. you know, maybe caught your eye, something that happened uh, most of the time outside of the Bengals, although not exclusively. Um, but in this case, I think all of ours are outside of the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Mine, mine is about the Bengals. Oh, yours is. I beg your pardon. All right. And we are starting with you, correct, Yeah, Reed? I'll lead it off. You know, okay, I got a lot please of lead off. I'll be the lead off hitter. Um, you know, listen, when before we were getting ready to play the 49ers, everyone talked about all the stars at the 49ers. I was – Guilty of this as well. You know, they got they got Nick Bosa. They got Fred Warner. They got Armstead. All these guys. And people acknowledge, and the national media, they acknowledge the Bengals' defense being good. But 
Ask people outside of Cincinnati, hey, name a defensive player on the Bengals. Who's the, who's the most famous defensive player on the Bengals for the past few years? You know who it is? No longer plays on the team. The one guy people could probably name is Eli Apple. And that was not for good reasons. You go around, people don't know the stars. But we have stars. We've got guys, too. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson might be the most slept-on linebacking unit in the entire National Football League. These guys are studs. Jermaine Pratt, I was ready to, I'll admit it, I was ready to get rid of him. I was so mad at what happened in the AFC Championship game about him calling out Joseph Asai for that, for that late hit on Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, listen, we don't need that in the clubhouse. I'm glad I was wrong. Jermaine Pratt has come up with some of the biggest plays in Bengal history. The pick against the Raiders, and a pick last night. Logan Wilson, on the other hand, might be the most, as a tandem, they are the most underrated duo of linebackers in the league. Logan Wilson might be the most underrated linebacker in the league. I go back to 2020's draft. Is that the best draft that the Bengals have had in their history? Joe Burrow first round, T. Higgins second round, Logan Wilson third round, creating what will be this era that we're currently in with the Bengals. But that was my what did I miss? The linebackers stepping up in big time. You know, look, and I was I was one of the first guys around here that w- that questioned uh, paying linebackers a ton of money. In a day and age where uh, there's a lot more passing than there used to be, uh, less running, uh, five DBs playing, six DBs playing, a lot of snaps on the field, and was that really where your priority should be? Hey, look, those guys know what they're doing down there. I mean, every time you turn around, Wilson makes a play. Every time, I think he has the most interceptions among all linebackers since he came into the league. Ten. Tom. And Pratt... That play he made yesterday was one of the best plays I've ever seen a linebacker make. The the, the one thing that everyone says about Logan Wilson here in the city is that whenever there's a big play on defense, number 55 is right there in on it. And you might say, yeah, that's what a linebacker is supposed to do. But Logan Wilson is there every single time there's a big play made. You can see number 55 on screen. And that's that's why he is the player that he is. Yep. Yep. He's he's a stud. All right. Who's up next? Is it going to be Trace? Yep. Trace, what did we miss? Well, I don't know if you were uh, watching UCLA versus Colorado on Saturday. I hope you weren't because you should be having a better Saturday than that. <laughs> but the, the, the reason I bring this up is because Shiloh Sanders made a play on the ball that I don't know how in the world you call this targeting. Targeting is now we've gotten to this realm of, of similar to what is a catch in the NFL at times. You don't know what targeting actually really is anymore. If this play that we're about to show is targeting, then just get rid of, just get rid of the idea of, of defenders being able to try to make a play on the ball. Shiloh Sanders comes back. He hits the guy with his shoulder on the other guy's shoulder. And somehow this gets flagged for not only targeting for a, this is my real problem. Not only is it targeting for a penalty, but then the kid gets ejected. And this is the part of the, of the conversation I'd really like to center it around, which is there should be a different set of rules on targeting, whether it leads to an ejection or whether it doesn't lead to an ejection. Because clearly, if you watch this play back, black, back excuse me, the kid's not trying to maliciously hurt or make a quote-unquote targeting play like it was in the past. You can watch him. He goes across the middle, and it's legitimately right at the kid's shoulder. Where do you want to hit him? Where is he supposed to hit him? Is he supposed to hit him in the knee? Is he supposed to try to take out his ankle? At what part of that is not football? Like, that's just football. And if you don't like that, then we have a whole other conversation to have. Let me ask you this, because I was not watching it. And when I sit here and watch it, everything you just said is 100% correct. Uh, But but 
Could could it have been, or did they say it was a defenseless player at that point? Even this is my my. That's the only thing I would ask. Even if it's defenseless, then at that point, my main point to all this whole conversation is this: you can't eject kids out of football games for non-malicious type plays. These kids only get Tom. How many games does a linebacker get in their whole entire college career? Maybe 25 if they're not yeah. a super, 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 super stud that plays yeah. as a freshman or a sophomore. You're taking away a huge percentage if you kicked him out of one game. I mean, it's almost 10%, if you want to think of it that way, of a kid's season. And again, we're talking 5% of someone's season for they just of just one play. I don't love it. I don't love it at all. I don't, I don't even love it. I don't like it. I think that they need to change the rule, Tom, to where, yes, you can get ejected, but that needs to be a whole nother level of infraction. You can't kick guys out just because of a maybe a marginal targeting call. And to be honest, I think, in my opinion, that's why targeting doesn't get called sometimes in big games. I'm not trying to bring up some sore subject with Ohio State fans, but when it comes down to that Georgia-Ohio State game, they, they probably lean on the side of not calling targeting sometimes because of the ejection clause. And that shouldn't be a part of it either. So, again, how you fix the thing, I don't know if you make it perfect, but at least if, at some point we get to the point where we can at least eliminate the idea that the kid automatically gets ejected for the rule. I don't, I don't like the rule personally uh, when it comes to that hit, but at the same time, I hate the ejection. Can't stand it. Well, it's nice to see that there is some objectivity from a Georgia fan because clearly you're admitting that the, the, it, was it wasn't targeting, but go targeting ahead. Targeting against Marvin Harrison Jr. and the Buckeyes win that game. No it doubt wasn't about targeting. it. If he doesn't get knocked out. All right. Um, which, by the way, how about the, the Shadur Sanders? Did you read that story about he took so many hits at halftime he had to go in and he took an injection to try and kill the pain? Mm. You can mark it down. They'll come out of the woodworks that a kid would ever do that. They will come out of the woodworks. Well, I saw I saw uh, Coach Coach Prime in the, in the uh, post game press. He was great. Well, well, he ripped the offensive line. He just yes, he did. Him. So I, those guys won't have jobs next week. But good good for them. They, they, listen, he was he, he brought Louis. He brought Louis Vuitton. So that's that's that. Uh, what did I, what did you guys miss? Probably the worst game in NFL history. It took place in New York between two franchi two franchises that, outside of two Eli Manning miracle Super Bowls, have been the most mediocre franchises in the NFL outside of the Lions. I mean, these teams stink. I I, I was in a bar yesterday, Tom. I was watching the, all the games. Tanked they, up. They had. Ta <laughs> I wasn't tanked up, Tom. I was I was responsible. Okay. Uh, but I was looking at all the TVs, and and there was one TV, one sad TV. That had this game on. I would look over. It was behind me. I kept looking over my shoulder just because I had some. I had a little bit of money on it. I had the under in the game. Shout out to me. I, I called that one brilliantly. The New York Giants are a joke. They're an absolute. They really joke. are. And, and what, what happened at the end? I'm going to get to it in a second. But basically, Zach Wilson's a horrible quarterback. He did, he doesn't know how to run an offense. I feel bad for the Jets. Somehow, by the grace of God, that team is four and three. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Brees Hall was 12 for 17. He was bottled up. He did have like an 80-yard uh, touchdown catch that was a screenplay. That was Zach Wilson's only, pretty much only good thing he did. Uh, on the Giants side of the football, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor got hurt. He left the game four for seven for eight yards. Some guy, I guess some, some relative of Danny, his name is Tommy DeVito. He came in this game. He threw two for seven for negative one yards. So if you're doing the math, that's six passes for seven yards for an entire NFL game. 
Six passes for seven yards for an entire NFL game. Saquon Barkley rushed 36 times for 128 yards. It was the worst game I've ever seen, and it ended like this. So the Giants were, the, the Jets were trying to tie the game at the end of regulation. And I'm pretty sure this has been a rule where uh, you, you get inside there, the ref has to down the football, right? So the ref has to spot that football there. Everybody's rushing. Theoretically, this shouldn't even be possible. But the ref did not spot that football. Now, he touched the football, which is what everybody was on Twitter was saying. I guess that's how they get around this. But the Jets were able to win this game because the, the snapper or the center for uh, New York placed the ball himself and just essentially had the referee come over and just give it a little pat. And that's how they tied the game and eventually won it in overtime. But I, I thought this rule was preposterous. I'm pretty sure the referee has to, I don't know if anybody in here, I, I doubt anybody in here knows, but I, I was under the assumption that the, the referee has to physically take the football and down it himself. I thought that's what, what happened, but that's not the case here. Uh, it just, or it's just another bad case of NFL officiating. So just well, a wild game. Okay, okay, all right, good stuff. Toilet bowl won by the, hey, hey, look, we were talking about this in the studio beforehand. I know there are a lot of people out there that when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, you're thinking he's done for the year. Rodgers came out and said, eh, we'll see. Yep. And now every single game, he's with the team. He doesn't have any boot on anymore. He's out, you know, moving around. Now, Trace made the point in our pregame meeting that it's a lot different than being chased by some, you know, 275-pound guy that runs a 4-4-40. Fine. There's no doubt. That's true. But – when you sit there and look at Aaron Rodgers right now, I don't know how anybody can't find it in part of their mind to say they don't envision him playing in another eight weeks. He's going to play. How can he's he? He's going to play. I don't know what he's doing. He, he's a freak, this guy. There's some people's bodies that just respond different than other people. There's something about this guy. He is going to be back this season. You can book it. Tom, the average Achilles injury, you come back like eight months. That's not like a guy like me playing pickleball. Aaron Rodgers is closer to your age than my age, Tom. Well, uh, That was mean. That was, a, that was low-hanging fruit by it, him. It was. It was. Put the ball in the tee for him. That's right. That's right. Let her rip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Casey, you're next up. He's playing. Book it. No. Tom, I actually, this will be about football. I actually agree with you. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What is this up here? Did you put a graphic up about something different? This is about football. Yeah, it's about football. AKA, this is what, AKA soccer. what I missed is. Yeah, a.k.a. soccer. FCC, go. if you missed it, because I know most of you decided to watch Sunday Night Football, which that was a snooze fest. Bears, Chargers, blah. You could have watched your hometown – FC Cincinnati dominate a team that they had struggled with in the past. And I mean dominate them. Those people in the chat that are like – You said they didn't look good offensively or defensively. They're like, man, they didn't They beat them three to nothing. <laughs> they beat them three to nothing. And one of the goals was like the most horrendous like defensive blunders by any team I've ever seen. The goalie just – I don't know where he was. He was terrible. And let me pull up my thing right here. I'm going to just let you all watch this masterful work here. FC. What color are they? They're blue. Just for those that don't know, they're blue. <laughs> and, I mean, Barrial. That's a great play. Great play. 
great it play. Is. You're right. You're right. I mean, it, most of these goals that you'll see from FC are, are just masterful works of passing. I mean, look at the passing that's going on here. Look at that. Just, oh, my gosh. Right through the needle. Like, just threading the needle right here. Boom. Crazy. Couldn't have asked for anything better play. than that. That's yeah. horrible goaltending there. Hor he had all the angle. There was a there was a ten percent window he had in that goal. And, and you know, FC they did just enough. Like look at that. What what is the Red Bulls doing here? What are they doing? Well, the goalie on a play like that in any sport, I, I, the goalie's got to come out. When it's a one on one, I, you're not going to win that. And he I did. Get it. I get it. And but the rest of right to another player on FC the rest and the of goal's open. the rest of the Red Bulls, they're just standing. Look, look at them. They're not even trying to play defense. They're in that's, red. Yeah. That's kind of what the MO is for them, though. They love to just rely on their on their yeah. two back guys and just, yeah, that's you know. Yeah, what they always say about the Red Bulls. Casey, I want to ask and, you this. Earlier in the show, you said it wasn't dominating when they won 3 nothing. But I, didn't just say, said that, I did not say that. I was saying what that's the what chat is saying. But that is, I'm justifying what the chat was saying. Okay. I don't actually believe that. They won 3-0. So it was – you can confirm it was a dominating victory. Correct. It was three nothing. Uh, well, I was just I was asking. Domination. Oh, let's get in a fight. And I didn't. This is what did we miss? Yeah, we we missed we missed this fight here. We should have been down a player. The guy, I don't know how he didn't get red carded, but that was that was wild. Um, Who was at fault there? You'll see here. I mean, he falls down. He gets yeah, pushed. Fifteen. Oh. Get pushed. Now just wait, wait. That's aggravated and then, assault, boom, brother. Punches him right in the chest. That's on 15, Casey. He yeah, started the whole thing. He yes, started he it. That's, that's right. That's him. And the FC guy finished it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Came in with a nice right hook. Boom, right in the chest. And then finally, here's the last goal, I believe, of the game. Coming up here. Oh, no, this is the defender defending here first. But anyways, FC domination. Watch them. Saturday. Okay. About and, the atmosphere, uh, enjoy, Casey. enjoy good soccer. Casey, you, you've been – hold on. Casey, you've been to a couple Bengals games that have had good atmospheres. Yeah. How would you compare the atmosphere last night to some big-time Bengals games? Mm. Sincerely. Listen, like, the, there is a difference between an FC game and a Bengals game because there's – Yeah, I'd say. You, you – Casey, don't stop. Stop buying that, that over there. Acknowledge, Casey. Don't, yeah, don't even acknowledge we him. Hear, this is a good question. Because I've, I've not been there. There's, for, it's nonstop. It is nonstop just electricity. Constantly. <laughs> how, do you, how do you mute his mic? Mute his mic, Casey. All right, go ahead. It's nonstop electricity. They just they have songs and chants and yes, all that kind of all thing. The chants, start to finish. Start to finish. And it just never stops. It's always hype. They're always in a groove. They're hyping up FC when they're down, hyping them up when they're good. Yeah. Bengals, on the other hand, like there's a lot more of uh, play performance. Yes. In the they crowd. got booed the last home game. Yeah, they did. They so did. for me, I think there's more of a uh, – it's more when something good happens in a Bengals game, it is just nuts. The whole crowd, like it, it rings your ears, right? FC, it's just a constant buzz the entire time. Now when they score, it erupts, but it's – you got 40,000 less people in that stadium. So Yeah, that's right. Fair that's enough. exactly right.
But, you know, now here's the thing. And look, we kid around. I kid around a lot about soccer. But, I mean, I, I really do enjoy soccer. Um, but I don't understand. And I know you're going to tell me it's because of money. And look, at the end of the day, you could probably make that case for just about everything that happens you know, in, in life a lot of times. Decisions people will make, good ones and bad ones, uh, about money. And especially pro sports. I, I just, I had a hard time believing, and I didn't know this until you told me this this morning. I just have a really hard time understanding the logic behind, are right, you want to play a best of three opening round series? I, I'm okay with that. That's okay. It's all right. I mean, am I crazy about it? No, because then as you move on, the more important games, right, to the next round, the next round, the finals, it's, it's a one and done. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. No problem. But I really have a hard time understanding how the lower-seeded team, in this case the New York Red Bulls, how they get a home game in this series. I, I couldn't answer that question other than I think maybe they're just trying to get another game for that, that specific team to bring in more revenue. But the Red Bull Stadium is actually kind of pathetic. They get, like, no fans. Really? Yeah, like no fans whatsoever. And on top of that, Tom, they are doing things that are even like when they do a best of series, it's usually a goal aggregate system where it's based on how many goals you score gets you to move on. You can beat a team by five goals game one and lose the next two by just one goal and move on because you scored a bunch of the first game. Where, is, where does this take place? Now, uh, that, that's ridiculous. Where, where does that take place? That that is, I believe, got to be somewhere. It's, it's communist not, country somewhere, or what? No, what no, it's it's like La Liga. I'm pretty sure. There, there's there is other there's other formats that are like that. That it, World Cup works like that, where it's goal aggregate. It does after record. I think that like the tiebreaker maybe, but it that can't be. No, it's, it's not the case with. It's not the case if it's based it's, off of goal aggregate. If you uh, score, if you based off of seeding, Tom, I had but, to watch six soccer games this weekend. Um, yeah, but you my, were watching your, your I, you I was watching, watching my son. My son is all in on soccer, which Good. is kind of like one of those, um, what do they call, what do they call that in life where you make fun of soccer your whole life and then your kid loves it. So that now you're in a weird position. That's right. I'm in a little bit of a weird position. Yes, you are. My son loves it. He's, he's, everyone thinks their kid is good. My kid's pretty damn good. So I'm in a position where I'm probably gonna have to watch soccer for a long time. I'm trying my best yes. to get myself in a position where I can appreciate the game. I don't yes. think I'm ever going to love it, but appreciate it. And then Casey, he gets me close, and then he comes back with something like they play a best of three series, yeah. and the team that's not ranked ninth gets a home game. And then he turns around and tells me, oh, they, they play a best of three series sometimes, but it's not about winning and losing. It's just how many goals you score over the course of all three games versus how many you give up. It's like I, they, I can't win for losing in this, in this, in this sport yeah. called soccer. And by soccer, I mean football, but take it away. <laughs> Major League Baseball should adapt that rule. Can you imagine how yeah. good the Cubs would have been this year? Exactly. Well, we've been talking about it all year. They'd, they'd, be, great. they'd be in the World Series right now, Tom. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> they, they would find a way to screw that up. <laughs> Is my mic right. back on yet? Yes, it's on. Thank you. You want to you add anything in there? No. I think, I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough regarding this topic. I love, I love the beautiful game of soccer. And by soccer, Trace means football. But, but, but you have to admit... And look, I'm admitting it for myself. I would, I would think that maybe you should consider the same. 
consider it. You don't have to consider it. I've never been to an FC Cincinnati game. Neither have I. Ooh, All right. Company trip. And I've never been, obviously, therefore, to an FCC Cincinnati playoff game. Right? So for you to bash Casey and his assessment of the no, no, no. crowd, and the, his word was electricity, which sent you into belly laughing. I mean, if you haven't been there, I mean, how can you laugh at his description so using the word <laughs> when Listen, you, you feel I, it what, in the air when you walk in the stadium? Electricity. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I, I will buy a ticket for their next playoff game after this best of three series before it becomes a regular one-on-one -on -one elimination, goes by aggregate like Casey said or something like it that. It does not go by I aggregate. will go to the next game. I will buy a, tic a ticket. I will record my whole reaction, and we're going to have a grand old time. That's what I'll do. Now, that's what this has become now. I will give FC Cincinnati my hard-earned money, and I, and I will go watch them play soccer. But here's the thing, FC Cincinnati fans. All my teams lose. So once I enter that arena, there is no, there is no leaving for you boys. I am going to take down that franchise all by myself. And it's not because I want to. It's just because that's how my life has gone. I cheer for the Reds. Boom. Dead. Bengals. Boom. Dead. Well, Bearcats. They're not boom, dead. dead. They're not dead. Bengals aren't dead. Yeah, yeah, what you talking about? Well, I mean, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet in my life. So that's what I mean. So listen, I, I will do it. That, that next, home, next home playoff game, assuming those tickets are under $150, I will do it. Are you going to sit in the Bailey? Sure. Are you going to sing the sure. songs? Sure. I, yeah, yeah, Tom was mentioning those songs. I'll sing a song. Songs? I'll sing a song. Sweet Caroline. Do they do that one? No, but they did play Mr. Brightside at the end oh. of the ball game. You'd okay. like that. You'd all right. like that. Then I'm in. Then I'm in. I'm in. I'm, back. I'm all the way back in now. Would you define Ms. the killer's song, Mr. Brightside, as an electric song? I would. I, it is an electric song. Yeah, and they right. played it in the atmosphere, making that atmosphere electric. I there see it now. is. Nice, mm -hmm. nice, nice. How about that? Will right. Levis, Tom. Well, we got a lot of people that are asking, and yes is the answer to the question. There is boxed lunch today, correct? Yes. yes. That will immediately follow this program on your local channel. My what did I miss? Will Levis. You know. Last year, we would watch Kentucky, and Kentucky had a nice team last year. They had a nice team, and this kid's a gamer. He plays hurt. He's tough. He's big. He's strong, all this kind of stuff, but it just seemed like he was, he was almost Josh Allen-like in terms of recklessness with the ball at times, and I really believe that had to have something to do with this guy dropping. You remember now, when we were a few days away from the NFL draft, there were reports by guys Lord knows they won't come back and say they were the guy. But there were reports that Will Levis was going to be the first pick in the draft. There were reports that he was going to be taken ahead of Bryce Young and certainly not even debatable ahead of C.J. Stratt. And then all of a sudden you kept watching and watching. It was painful. It wasn't quite Aaron Rodgers-esque. But you kept waiting and waiting for this kid to finally get taken. Because this guy's a specimen now. Okay, and then we fast forward to training camp. We hear he's not playing well. We hear he doesn't look comfortable. It's taken him a long time to learn this offense. We hear all this negative stuff about the guy. All right? Well, Tannehill gets hurt, right? And they're debating, we're going to play Hooker. We're going to play Levis. Well, you know, they're under 500. They're 2-4 and four going into the game, right? And leader of men, leader of men, Mike Vrabel 
decides, I'm going with Levis. Some of the highlights, please, Casey. Yep, they're playing. Is this not, I mean, how good was this guy yesterday? Okay, now stuff like that. That's not an easy throw, right? And you pick up a first down. They ran the ball pretty well yesterday with Henry. But when they gave this guy time to throw the ball, look at this throw. Now, the defender, you know, completely botched that whole thing. But this guy really looked good yesterday, and I'm happy for him. Because, golly, Dave, was that painful to watch. That should have been offensive pass interference on your, your guy, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> My guy? You I mean, I'm a Falcons guy, Tom. What do you mean? I love that joke so much. But anyway, so good, good for Will Levis. It was hard to watch that draft uh, because his, I think it was his girlfriend was there, his mom and dad were there. Yeah. Right? Remember family. that? Here, here's the thing, Tom, is Will Levis recently broke up with his girlfriend. He did. TikTok star Gia Duddy. What? <laughs> he, her name was Gia Duddy. Gia is her first name? Gia Duddy. Yep. Gia first Duddy. name's Gia, last name's Duddy. Yeah, Correct. Gia Duddy. Okay, Gia, Gia Duddy. Duddy. Okay. Um, they broke up a couple weeks ago, and here they are. Will Levis, back to the form that we saw before they started dating when he was going to be the first quarterback taken. I'm just saying. So if you were Will Levis, we go around the room. And what was her name? Gia Duddy. If Gia, Gia Duddy. Duddy. If she all of a Gia sudden, Duddy. she was on the horn after your uh, – Four touchdown NFL debut yesterday saying, honey, you know, I look, wh whatever the issue is, right? Our relationship is more important than this issue. Oh, yeah. Right? So would you, if you're well Levis, simple yes or no question. You go around the room. She calls you and says, honey, th this I know in my heart it's meant to be. Casey, are you taking her back? Absolutely not, Tom. Phrase. <laughs> No. Zebra? Um, I would not, Tom. No. Tom, I got to tell you a little story here. I was in high school. Yes. Dating Mariana, my now wife. We just started dating. Starting to get serious. Right. I go 0 for 3 in a baseball game with three strikeouts. I dumped Mariana because I thought she was the reason that I played bad. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm picking up the phone for Gia. That's good logic. Not a chance. That's good logic. Not there. a chance. Time out a second. Aren't you married to her now? Well, we got back together. I had a good game, so I brought her back. <laughs> that, that so you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring her back? I would not bring her back. I, I got to see at least a couple more good games before, before we, we go down that route. Okay. All right. All right. Tom, did you see the uh, reaction with uh, Will Levis and his family after the game? I did not. Uh, Casey's going to pull up here in a second, but if you did not see it, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool, and it's. Uh, it kind of takes you a glimpse behind the scenes, really quickly, of kind of that these guys obviously are human too, and probably the the long the long hours at night that he had spent talking yep. to his family about if he was ever going to get a chance and how he dropped in the draft, this, that, and the other. And uh, Casey's pulling it up now, but it was a pretty pretty cool little scene here. That's really cool. You can see there's, there's some emotion going on there. Oh, yeah. Those jerseys were awesome, by the way. They really were. Oiler, yeah. Those Oiler jerseys were the best. The Seahawks throwback jerseys were sharp. Seahawks jerseys they were, were phenomenal. Sharp. But those Oilers are big time. Oh, yeah. Big time. They ought to wear those the rest of the season if they played like that. He hails from uh, Middletown, Connecticut, does Will Levis. He is not a native um, 
of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Started his career at Penn State, then transferred to UK. Was that girl his his sister there, or or was that his is that was that the star? That's Will Levis's sister, Trace. Okay, gotcha. Fair Any comment? No, no, no comment. No, I was oh, just you wondering. You definitely noticed her. I, 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 no, what I was gonna say was she's she is like profusely crying, very, very hard. It would hard for me to believe that somebody that was that emotional about that would not really love Will Levis. I was gonna change my mind. But now it's his sister. It makes total sense. She's she's all in on on her brother, obviously. Uh, according to Instagram, Gia Gia was in Rome. So oh well, then yeah. I'm, we're keeping I'm close. Definitely to out now. <laughs> he might want to reconsider. Um, William Getz. He might. William Getz Jr. Welcome to Nutcutter. Let's hey, go, William. Billy William. G, Billy J. June. Was this Bengals win over the 49ers to get to four and three on the road against their starting quarterback, who everybody said? Was not going to play this week. Was this win the best win of the NFL season? By any team? I think it was. I think it absolutely was. You believe that just because you're a Cincinnati guy. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, you do. No. The, this the show, and the, I've even fallen prey to this by my attire today. It won't happen again, by the way. Um, yes. If you were a fan of somebody else, if, you wouldn't have picked the Bengals win over... The Niners without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, okay. The thing about Debo Samuel is they don't use Debo Samuel correctly anyway. He's supposed to be a wide receiver. He could also be the best running back in the league. He could be both. Instead, he does a mixture of both, and they don't use him properly. That's my opinion on Debo Samuel. So, so any 49er person out there saying, oh, they didn't have Debo Samuel, they, don't really, they really don't use him that much anyway. He, they, they really don't use him correctly. That's my opinion there. They did, they did not have Trent Williams. That's whatever. That's, that's, a, that's a good excuse. But Brock Purdy was there. Everybody showed up. It was, it was on the road. It was, it was a home field advantage for them. It was a hell of a win. I, I don't think if you look back through the NFL for the past eight weeks now, I don't think there was a better win that you will find than this win. Uh, I'm looking. I'm thinking Eagles over Dolphins on Sunday Night Football last week was huge. Yep. Um... As a non-biased person, I think the Bengals over the 49ers is the biggest one in the NFL this year. Okay. Yes, easily. I don't even think it's close because the Bengals are in a position where if they lose that game, they they are in a really tough spot to, consi to con consider the fact of even making the postseason. You could say the Eagles beating the Dolphins and all that, but the, the Eagles are making the postseason. The Dolphins are going to probably make the postseason. There's not been a game in the NFL that went entirely a different direction than you, you would say that most of the league or most people that consume the NFL would believe it would go. I'm not saying the Bengals didn't have a chance to win the game, but to win in the way that they did, yeah. and on top of that, be in a position where they not only would have to, if, if they didn't win this game, they would be in an absolute must-win yep. game against the Bills the very next week on Sunday Night Football. So... I'm not saying that, that, that they bought themselves a little bit of a cushion, but I guess I guess I kind of am. The, the Bengals gave themselves an opportunity to lose against the Bills and still have a chance to make the postseason by beating the 49ers. They would have not had that opportunity otherwise. Uh, you're, you're spot on on that. I can't, can't argue that. for. I, I tell you, I, I really liked Romo yesterday. He laid everything out for me before the game. Okay, and one of the hardest things to do, what's that? I agree. That's yeah, true. I mean, one of the hardest things to do when you are broadcasting an NFL game is to really know that team. I mean, really know the little things that the fan base is talking about with those teams. And 
he was able to lay out before the first snap of the ball, before they kicked it off. He said, look, everybody's wondering, where are the Bengals? Their quarterback's been hurt. Their offense is dead last in the league. They have all these stars, and they've had a bye week. We understand some changes could be coming. What are we going to see? And as the game went on, he continued to come back to that theme. Boy, Bengal fans have been waiting to see this game. People who had written the Bengals off nationally needed to see this game. And this was the game. This was the 425 CBS, nothing worth a hoot going head-to-head. Right? Mm -hmm. National game, for sure. And America saw what the Bengals are capable of doing. So, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right on that, Trace. Not a right a lot. But they were big time. I, I Listen, I know that you guys hammer me because I always, you know, uh, um, a little negative on the Bengals from time to time. The Bengals single-handedly yesterday made me believe again that they could win a Super Bowl. Before that, there was no chance in the world you could convince me they could win a Super Bowl. Now, am I, am I trying to overreact over one week? Yeah, I think that happens from time to time on Mondays right after a, a, an NFL Sunday. However... To, to consider two weeks ago when I was sitting here and I think people thought it was a bit by me saying that you should take solace in the fact that they are favorites against the Arizona Cardinals minus four and everyone's laughing at me because they're solace. like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get a beat by game. two touchdowns against the solace. Cardinals. It's just, it's just the fact of the matter is you went from that position a short few weeks ago to where you, I would have been genuinely concerned about Joe Burrow by the way that he looked. And then after yesterday, it's like, okay, he's healthy. That's all he needed to be was healthy. And for those that already knew that, congratulations. But I wasn't there yet. Yep. But after watching yesterday, that team, that team that played yesterday can win the Super Bowl. And you couldn't have said that before yesterday. That's right. I, I would argue, I mean, we're talking about is this the best win of the NFL this past year? Is this the best win that we've seen from the Bengals? And, and granted, there's going to be ones that are more important, like the getting over the Chiefs to make it to the AFC Championship game. Uh, certainly going to Buffalo. Was that the most dominant the Bengals have looked against a good team in the past three years during this run? Well, they, except for the Buffalo game last year. Okay. Because they just lined up and smashed them right in the mouth. Right. Mixon right. ran for all the hundred and something yards. I yeah, mean, right. with a backup line, you know, all that kind of thing. I mean, they dominated. That. But they dominated yesterday. I mean, we said at the very beginning, they should have scored over 40 points in this game. Yeah, and the did. Niners weren't missing any studs on defense. No, right? No, they weren't. No, you're right, Tom. They 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 easily. I mean, they you leave seven points on the board for the Irv Smith. Yeah, and then the missed field goal. That's ten yeah. points get you to forty right there. Tom, I looked up this stat earlier. Um, obviously, Joe Mixon didn't get over 100 rushing yards yesterday, but I thought this was interesting. We always talk about how important that the ground game is to the Bengals' offense. Since Joe Burrow has um, joined the Bengals, 2020, the Bengals have rushed had a, a rusher. Get over 100 yards seven times. The Bengals are 7-0 and when yeah. they get a rusher over 100 yards. Yeah. And I don't even care so much about the yards as I do the attempts. And Casey gave the numbers earlier. I think you said 27 rush attempts, 32 throws. We have said on this program, I don't know how many times, going back to the Cleveland game in Cleveland last year when they threw the ball 50-something times, right? And then again this year, whoever it was they were playing, was it the Rams? where they threw it like 29 or 30-something times in the first half, right? Right. right. And, and, and more times than not, if, 
the turnovers would tell you more if you were to only look at one stat. Forget yards, forget the scoreboard, forget whatever. If you just look at turnovers, you 90-something percent of the time, the team that wins a turnover battle wins the game. The second stat I think that you could look at more times than not, wouldn't be at 90%, but it'd be upper 70s, maybe 80s. If you see a team throw more than 45 or 50 times in a game, they ain't winning. Yeah, because they're normally trailing and all that stuff where they have to throw a little bit more. You know, interesting fact, and we could talk about the, the Bengals and, and the pass and run stuff. Their first drive yesterday, this is, this is the play sequence. Pass, 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 run, pass, pass, touchdown. That was the Bengals' first drive. So we can sit here and we can hammer home about the Bengals need to run the ball. And the stat that I just proved is facts, right? When the Bengals have a right. rusher go over 100 yards, they're undefeated since Joe Burrow has joined the team. But all that said, this is still a pass-first team. This team is still has so much skill on the perimeter. They have an elite quarterback. They've got to get it in their elite players' hands. So I don't mind. Obviously, you want to make a conscious effort, and we saw the run game worked better because they were under center. But, I mean, listen, this team's going to continue to throw the ball 30-plus times a game, 40 times a game on certain hands. So we just got to take it. You just got to be more effective when you run the ball. Yeah, I, I don't think – and, again, Reed, Reed kind of alluded to this earlier in the show, but – when we say commit to the run, it's not we're not uh, we're not adapting the Tennessee Titans. Give the ball to Derrick Henry or the, or the Giants. We're not giving him 36 carries. But when you line up under center and you have the illusion that you can run, it changes everything. So that's what the Bengals did. And it, and if they don't use this model the rest of the year, then it's a joke because they destroyed the 49ers who who were trying. I mean, this was a must-win game for them too. They've now lost three in a row. Right. So at home against the Bengals. That was a, it was a brilliant win. The, the illusion of the run was the biggest part of, of yesterday's game. The ability to say that, okay, Joe Mixon might legit take off here, and then you, you just go into a play action, you deal out, touchdown. It's, 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 that's, what we're, that's, what, that's what we're dealing with right now. So if you keep this illusion of the run, that's what we were talking about when you say commit to it. Yeah, I think they still need to involve their second backs, right? Anytime that Joe Mixon's not on the field, there's there's not a whole lot of threat to run the ball there. Now, they did hand the ball off yep. twice to Travion Williams, yep. but, I mean, we're talking two carries here. Well, but at least you're giving somebody something to think about. Correct. As opposed to before yesterday, never. Right. Chase Brown and, and Travion Williams had, like, under five carries the entire season. So, yeah, as long as we keep incorporating other guys carrying the ball. And, look, they, they did a couple end rounds with Tyler Boyd. They did, did not go well. Tyler Boyd's did. Jamar no, yeah, Chase's did Jamar not. Jamar Chase is not good. Correct. Go ahead. Yeah. Buckeyes run that tired play doesn't work well either. I think I think we maybe broadcasted a little too much when Jamar Chase is the one in motion. Like when Tyler Boyd's going in motion, you you don't they're they're keen Jamar Chase, right? Because he's the best player on the field, but neither here nor there. You know the other thing that's been brought up in the chat, and and I certainly want to make it a point here today, and it's been talked about. I mean, I'm not breaking news here. There's a lot to be said for these players and a lot to be said for these coaches about the Bengals not committing penalties. Yeah. I mean, how many drives do you watch on a college football Saturday pro football game on Sunday? How many false starts, right? Or how many offsides? Or how many whatever that just destroy drives or enhance drives on mistakes made by the defense where you're going first and five instead of first and ten, right? Because you're lined up in the neutral zone. Um, there... That is really good 
coaching and really good mental focus by the players on this team. They did not have a single penalty until, what, the last minute of the game, two minutes of the game that's yesterday? Right, yeah, and it was, right. a, it was a BS penalty, too. It was that roughing the, it was the, roughing the pass. Yeah, the reader just which, fell into the guy. Which he tackled him by his, what, upper thigh, and right. that's now a penalty now. It's a roughing the passer. Crazy. So that's good stuff. All right, um, bounce around the room a little bit. What, what else is on your mind, fellas? We have, uh, we have the uh, World Series tonight. We have some mm -hmm. other games that went on in um, the NFL. We had a big college weekend. It's crazy to me that the MLB doesn't take advantage of not, like, they have this game on Tuesday. Why would they have the World Series going up against Monday Night Football? I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I know there's the NBA, there's other sports too, but the MLB, like, constantly going up against primetime NFL games is wild to me. MLB should be taking advantage of an, of an off Yeah, but on they Tuesday. would be getting killed. I hear what you're saying, but they would be getting killed in some circles. Not here, because I'm with you. They would be getting killed in some circles if you played Friday, Saturday, and then had Sunday and Monday off. That's fair. That's fair. But I think if you're going to have the off days they have anyway, I don't know what's an additional off day. This series has been phenomenal so far. The, the, the Friday night game was unbelievable. Fantastic. So now we have a one-to-one -one split series, and they're going up at the same exact time. The same exact, not an hour before, not an hour later, the same exact time as Monday Night Football. See, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I don't think Monday Night Football is the bigger target. You're going up on college football a whole Saturday, right? Devoted yeah. to college football, and then you're like, yeah, I can watch football all day. Oh, baseball's playing right now. Or I can watch two top 25 teams play in the 7 o'clock slot. It's just tough. I mean, it, it, baseball's, baseball's got a weird spot, right? They're just, they're just not football. And that's that's no knock to baseball. That's no, right. it's, it's they're just, just truth, not football. It's no. the truth. No, you got to play sometime too, though. Like, right, you, you got to play. You, you can't. Play the you games. can't have. Uh, like, let's just. If you cared a lot about this series from a com competitive standpoint, which these two franchises should, and the rest right. of Major League Baseball should care about that as well, you can't have three or four extra days in right. between certain things just right. because you're trying to make it for TV ratings or whatever it shall be. Um, the series has been fantastic. Obviously, game one's carried the weight. Game two, I don't know if anyone's going to sit there and say that that's a fantastic baseball game, maybe if you're a, uh, an Arizona fan. But um, listen, I, I don't find – because ultimately, I want to know if it goes the seventh game, and maybe we could do this on the fly, what day does that fall on? That's so what I would the next, like to know. It would, it would be Thursday's the off day, so that would be Saturday night. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That, that, that's where it'd be nice to try to figure out a way to where game six would be on like maybe a Monday and then game seven would be a Tuesday night. You'd be the only thing on TV. You'd have you'd have what I would consider probably the best ratings that you would get all season long for Major League Baseball. But I, I can't fault the MLB for, you know, having games. No, it's an impossible situation. Things. I get no. it. But, but it's just... you know, I don't know. Maybe well, shift the time up a little bit to where it's not the exact same time. But. Well, there Dude, was a time long before you guys were born. Uh, I remember it like it, it happened yesterday. Uh, there were many, 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 many years where a number of World Series games were played during the day. Now, you know, television comes around, money, prime time, ad charges, so on and so forth. Now there's never a day game. They are in the – and really – uh, outside of the divisional round or the wild card round where you got four games in one day where you have to play them at one and four and seven and ten on the West Coast, whatever. Um, they Once you get past that, that opening round, um, you, you never see games start before five o'clock Eastern. Right. Yeah, I think the, the championship series, there was a couple games that 
um, yeah, I think one started at like four or five. But listen, we, we can talk about this all we want. The, the simple fact of the matter is, is it's never going to beat football. And the only way that they can avoid avoid this is shortening the season. And well, yeah, play, what could they do, Reed? Yeah, shortening the season and play their postseason in August. This is tired. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> because it's not going to happen. Correct. Do you right. think that it would help at all, Tom, if they made the World Series, like if Major League Baseball put their marketing hat on just for a half a second, you know, just, just a thought, and they actually like paid some big dollars for some big performances right before like like a Super Bowl opener type thing instead of a halftime because you can't do halftime in Major League Baseball. But they had like, you know, I don't know, Taylor Swift's obviously a, a, a big name. But you get someone of that caliber to have like a huge concert before the game just to draw just to draw the non-casual or the non-hardcore baseball Not a bad idea. Into the, I, it just seems like Major League Baseball never does anything outside the box to like stir the pot a little bit on trying to get people to, to bring it up. Yep. Not a bad idea. Not bad. Uh, you know, baseball likes to walk around. They, they you know, they, they're not... They're, Rob Manfred's never going to come out and say it because you, you, can, you can stick your foot in your mouth before ratings come back from a particular game, say like tonight, okay? I don't know what the rating's going to be for baseball compared to football tonight. I have no idea. We'll find out. Uh, but, but, you know, baseball likes to stick its chest out a little bit. And right now, they, you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Attendance is way up from where it was a year ago, up over 10% or almost 10%. Uh, their regular season TV ratings were up. First round of the playoffs, a little bit down. Now back-to-back seven-game series in the LCS, National League and American League. You got 1-1, one, one, so you know you're going five minimum uh, for the World Series. So, you know, baseball, they feel like right now we got a good thing going. And if we got to go toe-to-toe with the NFL, then so be it. Yep. So be it. Yeah. Tom, I think I know your opinion on this, but Alex Wallace just brings this in. I like the Manfred men. I like the new extra innings rule in the regular season. Would you like to see them incorporate this into the postseason where they put a runner on second base in the extra innings? I would. I love it. I'm right there with you. I love it. I love it. I love it. My favorite argument against it, and by the way, I am pro ghost runner rules. I love that rule. Love it. It makes it it look so much. My favorite argument against it is, so it's not real baseball. Do you think when we get to 20 innings and Wilson Valdez comes strutting over from shortstop to have it to pitch and we got a starting pitcher in right field because you're out of defensive replacements, that's real baseball? That's not real baseball either. So I think it's the better of the situations. I, I really do. I, I, I think if we get to a 20th inning and we got shortstops pitching and nobody's playing the right positions, I think that's significantly worse than having a second or, a, or have a, a guy start at second base and an offensive player that's supposed to be playing offense is trying to hit the ball and get get him in. What was that Mariners game last year in the postseason where it went 16 innings, 0-0, and you're like, is this fun for anybody at no, this it's point? No, it's not. And, and I always used to get in hot water with a lot of the Reds fans when I was a proponent of doing something like this long before they did it. Because it is the only major sport, it's the only one in the world, not just the United States, it's the only one in the world where you've got people leaving the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Now put a football game in overtime. Anybody leaving? Nope. Right. NBA playoff game. Anybody leaving in OT? No. No. Okay. And you can go through every sport. Okay. You, 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 if you had a if you had a two man playoff for the U.S. Open, people aren't leaving in golf. In baseball, the more and longer you play 
The fewer and fewer and fewer number of people are sitting in the stands watching the game. Yep. Right? Right. Yep. That in and of itself is the only argument you need. I know Nick's on here and talking about, oh, you're not a real baseball fan. If you don't, yeah, I love Nick, but come on, come on. I mean, he, he just made the point that you, you, a real baseball fan wouldn't call for fewer than 162 games. Well, if that's the case, does that mean when they played 154 that you weren't a good baseball fan? Because they played 154 forever. And that apparently was good enough to be a baseball fan. And now, if you're not a fan of 162, you're not a real fan? Nick, come on, my man. we got to get him on and talk about this tomorrow. Before we uh, wrap up or go to something else really quickly, I just wanted to say 100 likes. We'll open up box lunch for everyone. For one day. For one Let's day. go. Get 100 likes in there. If you, don't, so, if you don't know how to like it, you get on your computer, you get on your phone, you get on YouTube. There's a thumb up button. And there's a thumb up button. Hit that. It looks like this. Yeah. And you click it. Boom. It likes to stream, and we'll do box lunch for everybody. And it costs nothing. For today. Do we have a super chat, Casey? Do we not read a super chat? Uh, let me check. I do know that Swaggy Plague was going to say he'd buy your ticket for the uh, FC game. Yeah, he oh, did. So you might yes. take him up on that. Considering that the last time, uh, so I, like I said, I watched six soccer games, and my son's all in it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take him to the FC game. That, that, that might, like, spice him up a little wow. bit. That might fire him up. I looked at the ticket prices, Tom. It's like, damn, I don't know, man. I have to wait till next year. <laughs> might have to wait till next year, Tom. Hey. I don't know. I don't know if I'm that committed. I don't know. I know I know this. As soon as Elliot said he was going to buy tickets to the next uh, FC playoff game, well, he, I he, knew you know, for he a gave fact, the Tom, if it's not too expensive. I knew for a fact, Tom, that he had not looked up the prices yet. I put the caveat he in. He put the caveat on. He I did. I know he did. In. I know that he did. I just knew in my mind, as soon as he had mentioned that he was going to go to the next well, yeah, one. Of course I hadn't looked. I, I, I'm not going out of my way to want to go to this game, but I'm saying I will for the people because everybody thinks I, I disrespect soccer. I love the beautiful game. You're a man of the people. I am. Thank you, Tom. I am a man of the people. One I love, more man. I, man I, I, of well, the people. <laughs> one hour, Tom. We went one hour. Ah, I love it. Uh, no, I love soccer. I love the real soccer that happens overseas with the Premier League. But I, listen, the MLS, I support them. FC Cincinnati is a Cincinnati team. I'm going to support them no matter what. Okay. And that's all I'll say on that. I am the biggest FC fan in this room. Casey can confirm. Tom, Jake asked earlier in the chat, I don't, I'm curious of your position of this, of all of the color analysts that you watch on, uh, on football games, whether it be college or pro, do you, do you have one that you think is the best? Oh, I don't know about the best. I mean, I, I, I worked a lot of games with Aikman. I just think Aikman is so on top of his game. You know, now there are other good guys too, though, and they're, and they're just different styles. So it's also subjective. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Collinsworth is phenomenal. And he's really changed his style through the years. He used to be pretty hard-hitting, made a lot of players around the league mad uh, because of some of the stuff that he would say about them or teams. And now he's become a lot more sort of positive and talking guys up. Uh, Romo, you know, look, I, I think the guys, there's something about him. He's got a little juice, a little life about him. Uh, and there are a lot of the guys that are out there that I have worked with before already. Daryl Johnson, uh, Charles Davis. You know, a lot of those guys were my partners uh, for a while, some longer than others. So, no, 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 nobody in particular. I mean, heck, I'd love to do it with any of them. I'd go do the seventh game in the NFL right now. Just get a chance to do it again. Be fun. Um, by the way, Kirby, uh, Nick Kirby wrote in and said he is a huge fan of the runner at second base. There we go. There we go, Nick. Nick's our guy. I think, we, I think that's going to happen Nick. soon. We love Nick. I think they'll change that rule in the next couple of years. Okay. Um, what do we got? 
Anything else before we uh, get out of here, men? Anything else? Do we have a cherry on top? I don't think we have a cherry on top. I don't know. I don't think we do. There Unless... was something I meant to bring up with you, and shame on me, because I had something uh, that I wanted to do on that, but uh, now I'm drawing a blank on what it is. Cherry on top could be my hot tub video. Could be your what? The hot tub video. If I had it. Thank you. Could we please find that, Casey? You've had two hours. <laughs> He's done nothing else over here. I mean, I'm telling you right what? now, he's done nothing but twiddle his thumbs the whole time. Casey what? here, I'm sending it over. Casey, Casey can't get sarcasm. He did. He looked over here for a half a second and thought I was being serious. <laughs> 14 likes, guys. We got to get 14 more likes. 14 yeah, I mean, more 14. likes. We can, we, can, we, can we call out a, a spade a spade here, Tom? I need you to sit up there and do your best like. Uh, promo because the fact that we got 86 likes so we've had 200 190 people in here consistently the whole show yeah i mean that's pitiful if i'm being honest that there's so i few mean likes. I, I i hate i hate to call the chat out that like this or you know what people in the chat have been have been have been working hard to try to get us likes, so i don't want to call them out but just i mean listen the likes help the show the show getting as it gets bigger helps us and we can probably do a better job there was a guy earlier in the show tom they wanted he wanted graphics he wanted all these different stats that goes with these certain things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I mean, Craig beat me to the punch, but I was thinking to myself, listen, man, I mean, there's a there's a there's a television station called ESPN. They do a pretty good job of doing all that really. Somebody fast was for beating you. us up for that? I mean, they wanted us to have stats and graphics to go over there. I mean, I don't know. I don't have to tell them. Okay. Well, it's time to get out of here. And before we do it now, before we tee this up, because we're not gonna come back on camera after this. We need ten likes to get free box lunch. If you hit 95, I'll override those two over no, there. No, we, we get to have standards around here. Tom, you see what these standards. people do around here? They just lower they the standards. Lowering. They lower they the bar. We'll give them see, time. That's the problem. That's we'll the problem. Just the give them time. It'll that's happen. The that's this generation's problem, Tom. Tell them about it. That's the problem. <laughs> so I had a guy call me up. Many of you have read about you know, my success as a basketball coach through the years. Um, that's true. One of, I, I won't say it. I'll let others say it. But – so I get a phone call from the head of the rec commission uh, in our little area, and they're like, hey, uh, would you consider coming back and coaching basketball this year? I was, I was like, wow, that sounds kind of cool. Then you start thinking about the time involved and everything, and, and then you start thinking about sort of, you know, the, the there's been about a 10-year run there where the Luke Brennemans of the world – could take a little more heat than maybe the little Johnnies of the world now. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just said, look, here's the deal. I said, I'll make you a deal. I said, why don't you go to the kids' parents and ask every single one of them if they would like to coach the team? If you get no's from all of them, let's set up about a 10-minute meeting and then I will decide after that meeting if we're going forward with this. How'd it go? I, I'm waiting on his response. Because mm. there will be only one word that needs to be spoken that is the understanding of the entire operation. There will be little thing here, little thing there. But there's only one word that is mandatory, and that is compete. Compete. We're not lowering the standards. We will compete. We may not always win. We will compete. Now, box lunch, are we there yet? We're not. 96. We're not, not going to make it. 
We're not going to make it, boys. I've already run over oh, the limit here today. Well, we still got to do a cherry on top, though. Well, I know, but I, I'm not going to go to... Um, we only need four more likes. I'm not going to come back on um, after we run this cherry on top. I'm not coming back on to say... You're not so going to be Joe Tessitore and just try yeah, to extend this thing I want people minutes. to... If did, we're sitting at 97... Did you? I don't know if you guys were watching the end of that Kansas broadcast. They did that. So they wouldn't cut away from the game. Nobody was saying anything, but they were just waiting for the fans to rip out the uh, goalposts. The goalposts. Yep. They would just sit, and they literally nobody said a word for ten minutes until that go that goalpost came down. And then they're like, "Yeah, that's the end of it." And then they cut the black. <laughs> it was the funniest. It was the funniest end to a broadcast I've ever seen. By the way, I had a responsible amount of money on Oklahoma. That sucked. That was a bad one. That you talk about a tough one, Tom. That was a tough one. We're out of time today, but tomorrow, as we're not going to hit a uh, hundred. We're at 98. What do you mean? It, we need two more it. people to like during we're this not, video. We're not going to hit it. We're at one. We're not going to hit it. We're at one. <laughs> so, How about we run the cherry on top? There it is. <laughs> A little hey, bit more time. we got it. Well done. We leave you with this, boys. Box lunch for free coming up next. We hearken back to the days and nights of summer with Luke Weaver twirling him for the red legs. Elliot, take it away.